Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 120 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it is made alone but Wanderer. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. I just realized you're wearing like a little Nike uh, shirt there. I like that. Yeah, and I'm going to have to stop the entire podcast <laughs> because I got to tell you guys something awesome. Keep it running. Okay. Hmm. But uh, I wanted to surprise you guys with something. So, you know, it's pretty rare that we, I, I think it's pretty rare that like YouTubers like one another. Not to be rude, but it's, <laughs> it's fucking pretty rare. And, and I don't like, I don't really like Lone, but I certainly like Maddie. And no, I'm just joking. I've never met Lone. But um, it, it's very rare. And, you know, we, we've talked about this before you know, us meeting and talking about KOTOR and stuff like that and sort of starting to get to know each other and all the people that have been really cool that I've met through YouTube. And um, it's it's weird because I've had Maddie on my channel, not alone yet, but, you know, you have people on each other's channel and this is the only other podcast I have time for, so I do somebody else's channel, which is very cool. And I decided what I was going to do is commemorate whatever anniversary this is. I'm sure we've known each other over a year. But, yeah, around but I, this time, No Man's Sky was, I think, like our well, first. It was. It was. So, so what I've decided to do is I commemorated this by hiring an artist. I want to make sure I get his name. His no. name's Vlad Vlad Momay, oh, and no. I had him create what I hope is uh, one of many comic book covers for the Ham Radio podcast. Oh my god! No way! Yeah. So it's Maddie with his uh, N64 slash PS4 whip controller. Oh, from it's. Yo, uh, I don't know why Lone has no balls. As a <laughs> just on yo this is insane dude and That's so insane. i have it on google drive for loan to get because i don't have his address and then maddie i've got it printed already for oh you and i'll God. ship it to you physically i can ship it to either one of you physically dude. i just don't know how you want to do it i'll give you my address in a second yeah, holy but fuck it's, that's it's, insane and- it's limited ultimate collector's edition. I tried yes. to get limited, unlimited, unbelievable collector's edition, but the artist was like, dude, it won't oh fit. Oh my God. But oh my God. Just, like, that is all the bosses, Wait, like, ladies and gentlemen, see. I can highlight now this is not planned at all. This is incredible. It took me a while to get him to, let's see if I can get it here. I'll do that's, it. This that's way. insane, Carrick. Oh my God. But yeah, so it's got. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Got, I'm trying to see there. It's got some. Oh, it's got the dude. Nemesis. I think that's a Resident Evil guy. Yes, it's got me with yeah. a flamethrower. I have no clue why. <laughs> oh my that's god. So awesome. I love it. I and fucking love it. What's this guy? What's the bad guy's name? Mario? Is that uh or is that just an evil Mario? Oh w- Waluigi. Oh yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And then a Fallout that's guy. So that episode is one. Sweet. Hopefully we have uh we have more episodes, but oh, I just figured god. I just that figured so that cool. uh, that would yeah. be cool to commemorate something that's Dude. pretty rare. In YouTube, at least for me, it's pretty rare. We don't Thanks, usually. I think yeah, thank, yeah, you. I say, thank you. That's yeah. insane. Wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll get your. Give me your addresses at the end of the pot. You know, yeah, I'll, yeah, I, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, while we're having this touching moment, yes, I, I reflect on our podcast <laughs> often. <laughs> we and, are the <laughs> every no every Friday. I when we record this, it, it comes up on a Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. But we record on the Fridays, and I, I always look forward to it. It's like that that I, I think Carrick described it best a couple of weeks ago where it's like 
Maddie, why do you have so much energy for the weekend? It's like I start my weekend in like the best imaginable way yeah. possible. I just have this awesome talk with two of the best guys in gaming. So it's like, yeah. fuck yeah, it's yeah. a blast. It's, it's 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 probably the best way to begin. Oh, I mean, people always ask that. Yeah, you know, it's like, why why are you guys all so happy? And it's like, dude, there's probably no better way to start a weekend than to fucking talk for two hours about video games. Yeah, with people who Literally, like to talk right. about them <laughs> versus my wife, who's like. <laughs> shut, shut up! Shut up! You, leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, I have no clue what you're talking about. I let you touch me because we're married. That's it. Oh my Never fucked me. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, so that was it. I just want to surprise cool. you guys. That was, that was that's really yeah. thoughtful of you, man. That's amazing. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no problem. Sorry. Can, uh, we're gonna become, we're gonna become that group of friends that tries to one up each other with our gifts constantly. Now, <laughs> you've set the standard like incredibly high, and now <laughs> to, his and her to accumulate tons is what of I'm funds and my... <laughs> try to figure this one out. Exactly. No. That's so continue. Sorry. Just wanted to interrupt. I'll make, I'll make customized Christmas ornaments for you guys this holiday season and just put my fucking face go. on them. <laughs> Unless you're hanging on your tree. Just a bunch of Christmas balls with my face on them. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Anyway, um, as per our normal intro, if you guys would like to consider supporting the podcast, uh, be entered to be a potential guest on the show, then feel free to support the Patreon. The link is in the description down below. And now... Let's dive into this week's uh, really eventful gaming news. Where do we want to start here? Usually I have like a good idea of what I want to tackle first. I think let's go with Fallout 4 Game of the Year edition. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. do that first. So it was announced. It's $60. We're getting all the DLC packs with it. It's coming with all the updates like survival mode, uh, all the, and I say this in quotes, graphical enhancements. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know, texture pack. Yeah, basically if you own the base game of Fallout 4 updated at this point in time and own the season pass, that is what you're getting as per any other game of the year edition. Alongside that, they also announced they're doing more of the Pip Boy edition and it's only for a hundred bucks now. So I know there were a lot of gamers out there who really, despite their thoughts on Fallout 4, really like the Pip Boy edition. And that's a, you know, if you haven't played Fallout 4, I mean, that's not a bad price. I spent 250 on mine. I don't know if it was 200 for the collector's edition and I paid like 50 for day one shipping or, if it was just two fifty yeah. in general, I, I can't remember, but uh, that's a pretty steep discount if you're looking for a nice piece of plastic to commemorate uh, one of your favorite franchises. Um, but yeah, so we got it. It's two years later. Um, why did it take so long? Is my initial question for you, fine folks. That's the only thing that confuses me. Mm-hmm. The, the only thing that I can think of is that for some reason, over the part, if in the next couple of months they want to coordinate a bunch of releases. That's the only thing that I can think of. But even then, I don't know why that makes sense. <laughs> you know, I so have no idea. One guess, and that's that they wanted to run, the, you know, uh, the season pass for as long as they possibly could, getting all the sales they could. Because yeah. I remember, um, and I say this in my video that's coming out on it, <clears throat> that when you looked at, for example, even when there was a sale on the PlayStation Store. The season pass of Fallout 4 was never discounted. It's always been at $50. They've never knocked that down. But even if they knocked down the price of Fallout 4 to half price, it's still an insane amount of money to get the entire package. So what they're doing, I think, here yeah. is forcing consumers to say, do I want to spend, at this point in time, I think it's 30 for Fallout 4 on the store and then 50 for the season pass. Do I want to spend 80 and you know see how it goes? Or do I want to just spend 60 and get it all at once? Mm. And I think that's what they're trying to do is they, they got as much of the sales as they could from the season pass. Now they're reinvigorating that interest potentially, and also because now they have like everything for the fall. You got Wolfenstein, The Evil Within, you got Fallout mm. 4 again, and then you got uh, Dishonored. So you got a little bit of everything throughout the next couple of months. So mm. 
And plus, I mean, they didn't have to do anything. It's not like they added any special features. It's just, no. which I don't expect the Game of the Year edition, but still. Yeah. Um, Carrick, what do you also, think? Also, as well, um, just really quickly, Creation Club. Whenever that comes out, they're generating hype for that. But, True. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's, we talked about it prior to the podcast, but it's like Dead Island saying they're Game of the Year. And you're like, where are you game of the year? But they're all, no, it's game of the year edition. Okay, for you guys maybe, but for no one else. And I love, I liked Fallout 4. In fact, I know Maddie's replayed it some, and maybe you're a little less high on it. I still yeah. really pretty much enjoy Fallout 4. So, yeah. But to me, it's not game of the year, for Christ's sakes. It's just, it's typical PR packaging, yeah. and it makes sense. I never thought about what you just said. I, it makes perfect resource and financial sense to get as much out of that pass as you can. Yeah, I mean, and then say, "Boom, here we go." Let's while we're talking about 2015 games of the years, games of the year. You know, a, a lot of people in response to this were like, "Well, Fallout 4 wasn't the game of the year," and fair enough. I think that game of the year has really turned into a, a, a PR statement and a really subjective thing. Where uh, you got uh, from 2015, I know for a fact that Rocket League and Bloodborne both had game of the year editions, and now you got Fallout 4 with the game of the year edition. So they're all saying we were all game of the year. And they all won their respective Game of the Year awards from different outlets. From someone. Yeah, so then you are entitled in, in some way, shape, or form to say, we have a Game of the Year edition because we won Game of the Year here. Now, Fallout 4 did win a lot of the Game of the Year awards. Um, I think I think it won three, I'm pretty sure. It won three like from BAFTA, DICE Awards, and some Australian gaming yeah. news so, website. And, and yeah. I think the biggest highlights there are DICE and BAFTA. Those are, are pretty, yeah. pretty big yeah. ones, especially when you're beating out it's kind of surprising but you're beating out the witcher 3 um but instead of getting into a a game of the year discussion on fallout 4 whether or not it's worthy of that because i think it's beating a dead horse uh what would if we're looking back on 2015 what would you say out of all the games is uh really your game of the year see for full i, I oh, know sorry. it's hard 20... to just pull out of your ass i know no, no, no. <laughs> yeah but... I, don't, I don't even know the games though. 2015 was a was a shitty year for me playing games because Maddie, you and I know that we were doing so much Fallout 4 shit True. leading up to the game's release, and then we just played that. So I mm-hmm. I really didn't play anything, and let alone any of the games that can be considered to be game of the year worthy. But just looking objectively, you'd have to say that the game that got most of the game of the year awards was Witcher 3. Yeah. Then it's probably either Metal Gear Solid or Bloodborne Second. Um, I, I, I saw. Uh, Splatoon got some Game of the Years as well. I mean, Super Mario Maker, maybe. I'm just looking at the list now. But, yeah, it, it even if I had played all those games, just looking at it from a third-person per- perspective, you'd have to say it's not Fallout 4. Uh, yeah, if I were to yeah, if I were to pick again, um, I'm really stable with my Game of the Year choices, but like I, I've said this before, I, I don't really think my uh, initial picks of Game of the Years were as accurate as I intended down the line. I, if I were to re choice or re-choose i'd probably i'd go with bloodborne i i fucking yeah. love that game i played that shit so much um but yeah i mean with the game of the year discussion going what what really makes a game of the year you know what like what um parts of the package really make it to be that game of the year and my fucking garage door is opening so i'm gonna meet my mic you guys take the conversation away you want to oh um I think for everybody it's different, but for me personally, it's the, it, I mean, it's not only the experience, but it's also at the end of the year. That's why when people ask me, yeah. prior, they'll be like, hey, it's February. What's your game of the year for 2017? I'm like, motherfucker, 
we're it's what, February. Like, it's so it's, it makes no sense. Yeah. So um, I like to to wait and sort of percolate things and then sometimes replay games that I think might be high on my list. But for mm. me, it's just games that it's the same way I review titles. Number one, are they uh, a good reflection of the genre in some way that they're aiming for? Like, do they hit the mm. things that you would expect? And then number two, just are they a good game? Are they fun? And what makes them fun and what makes them resonate? I'm much more of a memory person. Like, yeah. do I hold a memory of that game? And I can say that I don't Same. think I've ever chosen a, a game of the year and then later said, eh, because to me, by the time I get to that point, I'm like, this is definitely, it, it just works for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm. and for example, uh, like Oxenfree won last year for me. Yeah. And it won because I don't remember a game other than Life is Strange and a couple others that have sat with me for such an extended period of time. Yeah. And to me, that is of the year. Does that make sense? Yeah, As in, if you play it in January, in March and April, and you're still sort of thinking about it mm-hmm. or it comes up, that's a game of the year to me, or at least should be in the conversation. I completely agree. I'm in the same exact boat. <clears throat> I think of... Um... Persona and Nier instantly. Yeah, um, Persona. I, I think Nier. Yeah, both of those. Hellblade, I think that's going to be a game that's going to sit with me well because that, uh, we'll talk about that later, but that's a game that really did something special um, in a way where it was only a story that could be told, in my opinion, through a video game. And I think it really yeah. just highlighted, you know, the power of the the medium itself. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, if a game sits with me well, if I'm like just spitting facts about the game i know that it really had me engaged on some level unlike other games where they just go right out the air you know and you just forget about it so interesting 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 loan uh, loan didn't I, yeah loan yeah. didn't answer um what, like what was your all right so i think the, if we're giving examples of games from this year it's it's probably going to be Legend of Zelda, unless something is really really good that pushes it out of the way for me Maybe if you took rachel's advice and played near I'm trying. I, you know what I'm doing now. Just as a quick side uh, topic, I'm about to finish Dishonored Two. I'm about to play Evil Within. Uh, you know, finish Wolfenstein this year. Like I'm getting ready for releases well, later this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but in terms of what makes my game of the year, it's it's hard to pin down. Um, I I think undoubtedly for me personally, you need a really really good story because at the end of the day, like you can play a game. And two years later, you might not remember a fucking thing about, you know, the gameplay or, or some of the small minor things. But the thing that always sticks in my mind when I play a great game is a story, you know. Like, f- for instance, I'll, I'll give an example now. I said last week I'm playing Shovel Knight. Fucking fun game. It's so much fun. But in three years, I'm, I don't know how much I'm going to remember Shovel Knight. Like, I don't know how much I remember okay, games so. that are purely fun on the gameplay level. Like, Overwatch. Overwatch is a fuck, fucking fantastic game and was many people's games of the year last year, right? But I play Overwatch and I'm just like, yeah, it's fun, but it doesn't resonate with me because I don't have that, you know, memory of the story, you know, simmer in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's an interesting thing. Breath of the Wild didn't really have a good story. It was more yeah, the immersion factor and the environmental, you know, ex- exploration. So it's it's hard to pin down. I, I can't honestly say. Like sometimes a game will just hit, you know, fire all cylinders and just hit all the right buttons for you, and it just works. Um, but I, I will I would still say at, at the end of the day, it needs to be good in gameplay. It needs to be good in character development. All those kinds of things. But <clears throat> if a game has a phenomenal story, that's usually going to be the deciding factor for me. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I see what you say, but yeah, I, I guess it, it's really just a case by case thing, right? You know, it is. some games. 
the gameplay will stick with you. Some games, the story will stick with you. Like, I, I look at, uh, this is in 2013, I think, DMC Devil May Cry. Um, I think they kind of tried to tell a story with that game. I don't know if it was necessarily impactful for a lot of gamers. I don't think it really was. I think the idea mm-hmm. of what they had in the story was really cool. But, um, you know, what really stuck with me was the combat. And funny enough, the same people yeah. who made that also made Hellblade. But, I mean... The, the combat in, in DMC, Devil May Cry, I've always said is that's probably one of the best action games I'll, I'll ever play because of the the angel and the devil and, and um, being able to pull yourself in or pull an enemy to you and then how you're going to attack them up close, whether it's with your sword, your guns. There was just so many options available to you. And that's what really stuck with me throughout that entire experience, less than the, the story itself, where I think Devil May Cry um, 1 through 4 started to build itself really on its characters, you know, like Dante and Virgil. So... I think also, just real quick, because mm-hmm. I, I know we have a lot, but uh, I think also okay. when you look at it, one of the reasons why Game of the Year has subtly changed is, and some of the IGN guys, GameSpot, uh, diehard game fan has actually talked about this, but what's happened is, in the past, game video game reviewers didn't really know how to review a title, so what they did was they usually reviewed it in a board game fashion, and that's the mechanics, mm-hmm. the, the make, the graphics, mm-hmm. sound music. Yeah, yeah. But they really didn't understand... The fun you didn't see a lot of people except for diehard game fan and a couple others talk about fun. You didn't. You almost never saw that. So a game that was clinically good but wasn't necessarily super fun could win. And yeah. and I think now with all these gamers running their own YouTube channels and all of these different things, a game of the year changes depending on the focus, not only of of like the game itself and what it was trying to do, but also the delivery. Because back in the day in IGN yeah. magazine and GameSpot, I or GameStop, I'd be like they're probably going to rate the same overall game. But now I have to look at the user and go, what do they like? Because, for example, what Lone is talking about would not work for me mm-hmm. um, as a, uh, as a, as a, oh, it can't have, or most mm-hmm. of the time it won't have uh, just good gameplay. It has to have a great story. I mm-hmm. don't necessarily fully do that myself. But I think it's because I... The stuff I like, you can see. The stuff Maddie mm. likes, you can see. The stuff Lone likes, you can see. And so it's changed, man. It used to it'd yeah. be so easy for I've even talked to them, and they're like, we used to be able to just go one, two, three, four, and then just rate it. And now things are are very gray. Like, yeah, and, and, now, and now when you listen to an IGN or whatever, and they yeah. try and do their end-of-the-year, game-of-the-year awards, they fucking have like it's this a mess. UN forum yeah. of everyone, every writer there voting for the <laughs> game-of-the-year. <laughs> They fucking like shit. Okay, you know they they rank their games and each person's giving a different rating because they've been there for more years than other people. Like I'm right. joking, but that's how yeah. complex it's become. I think and it yeah. uh, it also comes down to patience. For me, I, I've learned with myself that um, right. I'll finish a game. You know, in my own time now, I used to. I wouldn't say I rush reviews ever, but like um, some games, like they'd set the embargo day. I'd be like, all right, got it, got to get it done, got to get it done. You know. But I've realized I'm able to critique better. I'm able to digest the experience afterwards better when I take it at my own pace. And when I finish it, I don't go like, all right, going to go script the review. I go, okay, let's think about that for a sec. Let's just you know write down some bullet points on what's going through my head and just kind of go through a little process in, instead. And I, I think a lot of YouTubers, especially uh, ones that want to be up and coming, you know, they'll get a review code. They'll be like, oh, yes, like I got early access. This is opportunity. I'm going to try to capitalize on that opportunity. I got to be the first one out there. And, uh, you know, some people will say, like, uh, this is the, I mean, once again, we're going to bring up Hellblade. Fuck my garage door again. Uh, We're going to bring up Hellblade again as a great example of a title that um, went from, like, 
people are saying it's eight hours long, six hours long, 12, 20 I've seen. We see people mm. saying the combat's great, combat's okay. We're seeing so many different opinions, and that's because of, you know, reviewers are rushing the, the review itself. You know, you can clearly tell the difference between a review of someone who hasn't played it and someone who has played it through. And I, I think that just highlights what's wrong with the... Like, what? Permadeath. Yeah, yeah, per- that too. I forgot about that Is one. that a thing, though? Is, no, is, is no. he bluffing? No, and you have to... there's a reason why and, and, I didn't and, and, mention oh. it in my review at oh, all. Oh, my God, dude. At me, it was like, you got to play the game because the people who are talking about it is proof. I don't, I'm not going to go out and attack because mm-hmm. they've attacked me. I've had Forbes attack me and mm-hmm. be like, you shouldn't trust his Prey review. And it's like, dude, I got Prey five days before you. Fuck off. Yeah. But Holy shit. What, I, what I did tell people is that you got to watch out because it, if you look at what they're saying, you can tell they didn't beat it. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And you tell they, they won't name names, but you really have to suck at the game to die a lot. Let's just say that, <laughs> that uh, dude, I dude. died three times. Once is because I didn't know what was going on. Once is because it was intentional. And the third time I ran to fucking fire thinking it was an exit. You oh, know, that's it. And, and, and like, you just, like I said, you have to be really bad. So I don't know how these reviewers were emphasizing this permadeath thing. It added tension to the combat. I'm like, motherfucker, what? <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, yeah, what I was highlighting there is like Hellblade's a perfect example of what happens when you rush reviews. Now you have this confusing discussion on the game where we're seeing some rave reviews that probably won't be brought up at the end of the year. And oh, maybe right. vice versa. We might see some reviews that oh, we didn't praise the game all that much, then why the fuck is it in your game of the year discussion, right? So it's like, mm. it just throws an imbalance into it all. Whatever. Not my problem. Really. All right. Um, let's talk about... What else we got going on here? Uh, let's talk about Gearbox a little bit. They announced Project 1v1. This uh, was a game that came out of nowhere. Um, they sent it... I think they announced it through a fucking email. And uh, no trailer or anything. Too, and yeah. a website, right, right. Uh, it's a, as the project name suggests, 1v1 game. It's a fast-paced first-person shooter with a tied-in card game. And I'm guessing the card game's there for strategy as well as microtransactions, let's be honest. Um, and so you have uh, this beta that's coming out this summer, or a technical mm-hmm. test, they're calling it, rather. Um, it's going to be, a, there's an arena mode, um, there's going to be ranked matches, and there's going to be a way to challenge your friends. And what I was kind of getting vibes from, just from the brief description of it, was kind of Phantom Dust, like that 1v1 combat that can be uh, mm. kind of tactical, but you know fast-paced as well. Um, so there is potential there. But the biggest takeaway from this was, and Lone, I really loved your video on this, was um, that it wasn't Borderlands 3. And so yeah. if you'd like to spit your hot take again... Well, uh, like, it it always happens. I mean, whenever Gearbox now talks about any other game aside from Borderlands, people are like, what the fuck, Gearbox? Give me Borderlands 3. And and they they get really invested and and emotional about it. it. And I'm just like, guys, like, Gearbox is a fucking, what, 350 strong plus studio. They have so, like, they're not like the biggest studio in the world, but they still have a, a relatively large studio. You don't need everyone there to be working on Borderlands 3. And Randy Pitford has said, whether you like him or not, he said that most of the staff there are working on Borderlands 3. And it's probably, like, you know, looking at uh, Gearbox's past release schedule, it's probably going to be announced and, and have some sort of big showing at E3 this year. All of this really comes from is people's distaste of Battleborn and thinking that 
Gearbox working on that game, which didn't do well, and other games are detracting away from Borderlands 3, which is just, it's just bullshit. It, I, mm-hmm. I want to get angry. Sorry. And, and they might, for it. I, I mean, some people might also be overlapping their their distaste for Valve's continual not doing of Half-Life 3. Look, look how much and, many dislikes and, that video got. I know. Of Valve, I know. Right? And, and that's what I was actually, when I read your, your the, what the co- to- topics were, my brain, for some yeah. reason, was actually thinking the Valve I was I was not even thinking this mm. game. I was thinking the one that they yeah, just announced. Yeah. You guys see the crowd but reaction it, for Valve? Oh, dude. Artifact, but, that was but, yeah, kind of kind of funny. It, but I felt bad for the developers. Like that's I, just I did too because that's it. One doesn't connect to the other at all. Like mm. they're I mean that's that's not the way it works. But I do see that some people probably overlap that worry when they're like, okay, we haven't got a dead. What, what's the dead or what's the uh, what's the zombie shooter from Valve? Dead. Uh, Oh, Left 4 Dead. Oh, Left 4 oh, Dead. Left 4 Dead. Yeah. We haven't got a Left 4 Dead three. We haven't got a Half Life from them. So if Rock mm-hmm. or if uh, if these guys are saying that you know they're they're working on this game over to the side, but they're announcing this one, maybe maybe they aren't. You know, and it's like we know obviously that's not true, oh, but at yeah, the same yeah. time, there's some there there's a tiny at least a little bit of way for people to in their minds, you know, latch that worry onto something. So I understand their yeah. worry. And, and here's the difference, even because like Valve is an extreme ex- example where extreme. they ne- never fucking talked about Half Life Three, right? It's it's in small yeah. passing, but with with Gearbox, they they've talked about it openly for the past times. three years that they're working on this game, that it's their next big title, and that there's going to be a big announcement, and that most of our studios is working on it, and that we need all the evidence ready so that when we do a big announcement, we can set expectations already, like correctly. Sorry. And even given all of that, people are still getting upset. Like, come on, guys. You, you don't want a studio to just do one game and one franchise. Because what's going to happen to that? Like, look, I gave the example in my video. Look at Call of Duty, right? You have those developers every two or three years turning around the exact same game, pretty much. You wonder why they're creatively stifled. I mean, fuck. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I think my video, because yours was focusing on, you know, okay, we got... Gearbox, they've done this all the time. You know, they they announced they're working on a new Duke Nukem. They're working on a new yep. Brothers of Arms, Brothers in Arms. Sorry, yep. um, you know, they're working on tons of games. Borderlands Three now Project One V One. This isn't foreign to them. Um, I don't think many people are informed of that. My focus on the discussion was exactly what we were just highlighting: was that the worry stems from this brand new, this brand new project that it's just another thing for them to take on, and um, yeah. it's another thing that can potentially. I say this in quotes, distract them from Borderlands 3. Even if they've done this before, it's, it's just that one extra thing, right? Now now it's not just, okay, we're working on... Um, <clears throat> I think they even said Duke Nukem as well, right? Yeah. Duke Nukem, yeah. Um, Brothers in Arms, all that shit. So this they, they have a full plate now, and it's like how much... You know, 350 people in a studio, yeah, that's a lot. And I don't know if they have multiple studios. That's one thing I'm not entirely sure of. Um, mm. but you well, know, even if that, I'm sorry. just saying, even if that's, that's still a small amount of people for four relatively big projects. And that's what I was going to say is, uh, if you know, you can, you can find books on this and stuff. If you want to read about it, there's stuff about how development houses are built for video games, but a really mm. interesting one is Mad Max and how many times they tried to make Mad Max and how they had to make side games to keep people employed while they were still trying to make Mad Max. Mm-hmm. And it was actually really interesting because you see that a lot of times. So a Valve or or these guys who are like, you know what? We are building this, but we have 350 people, but only 325 are needed because 
25 of them are end stage or beta stage yeah. or or at this point of, of the art design and development. What do we do with them? Well, one, you relieve them of their jobs. Well, that sort of sucks, right? Yeah, or or you say, you know what? We could core something out that that works and we can put it together and we can we can build a smaller game on the side as well mm-hmm. that keeps them getting experience. Keep, I mean, it keeps money flowing if the game's good. It, it it's I I see that people can be confused by it, but at the same time, you know, I, it makes perfect sense to me that they're that they don't do just one thing. And, and yeah, no, and I want to give a the best example. And I thought of this when I was in the shower the other day, and I wish I'd fucking mentioned it in my other video. If we adopted this same logic with Gearbox before. Um, they ever released Borderlands. Let's say, arguably, their biggest game at the time was Brothers in Arms. If yeah. people had said, we only want you to work on Brothers in Arms and that's it, okay. then we never would have gotten Borderlands in the fucking first place. Mm-hmm. So let's not do it again. Let, let, let's not prevent Gearbox from maybe, you know, releasing another game that people love. Because that's a, that's, it's bad logic. It, you know it what really blows is me bad away, alone? It's not only bad logic, man, but get all these guys in a group and I swear to fucking shit, at least one of them has said, I hate sequels. It's like, do you hate sequels, but you want Borderlands 3? <laughs> Fuck off. What you really hate yep. is you hate sequels that aren't the name of the game that you like. Yep. And so, you know, let them create, buy it, don't buy it, whatever. But um, you, know, you can't have it both ways. And it's, it, mm-hmm. I mean, it, also, these guys got so much shit. Remember when they changed their graphics from Borderlands, from the gritty, real gears yeah, looking yeah, yeah. to the cell shaded, and people were freaking out? But that is, I think one of the notable things about Borderlands Absolutely. is the yep. shaded look. So it's like, you know what? They they have proven, other than Borderlands, other than, um, I'm sorry, uh, Battleborn, which even though Maddie and I liked, they, they've proven overall they can do some good stuff. Just fucking let them do it. Yeah, well, what's another thing? good example? Um, uh, fucking Bulletstorm. Anyway, Bulletstorm. No, what I was going to yeah. say, though, is is I, I don't... I'm not a fan of when people couple in their failures with Battleborn, because I think Battleborn as a game... Me neither. Not a failure. As a, you know, when you look at sales figures, big failure. Right. And yeah. I think there's a big difference there because we've seen plenty of games. Bad, bad game, bad seller, right? Yeah. Mm. That's the difference. Yeah, exactly. But we've also seen games that have been good and have not sold as well or have gotten that attention they deserve. Um, I think maybe we could use Spec Ups the Line as one example. I don't think oh, that yeah. one sold incredibly well, but I think that's Fuck. a very impactful story. And a lot of people dismissed that game because they looked at the cover like, military shooter you know moved on yeah yeah and yeah. you know they didn't look beneath the surface and i think the developers kind of planned on that they were like we want the real gamer to experience that but you know mm. I, I think that's what happens and Titanfall uh, call two there, there you go I, I mean that one that one was kind of like just a, a really dumb founding move just sucked by EA. Right, they were just right. like fuck you titanfall right next to battlefield <laughs> one everyone wants us oh, to kill man. call of duty and we're just gonna put you there yeah. Kudos to them though. They 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 released a new DLC for uh, yeah. Titanfall two. I was like, damn, that's uh, that's commendable. Titanfall two. We we could you know sit here for hours talking about how criminally underrated that game was. Um, yeah. But you know, in terms of Borderlands, it's going to come. We know yeah, it's going to it come. Yeah, just let say, it happen. They're, they're working on other stuff, and and that's how development studios should work. I mean, at the end of the day. The thing that helps a development studio grow is investment in new IP. Mm-hmm. I know people like to say, well, just milk the shit out of the thing that we want. But that is but just you fucking... you start to hate it. You start to hate it, but it's also cannibalizing the studio. Because what happens if Borderlands goes belly up? Then go bye-bye studio, right? Yep. Or bye-bye the people who, who helped create it, you know? 
Um, or yeah, and and also as well, I mean, you'll have a studio that will, ex- as you know, what Carrick was saying before, it's going to expand and contract to to meet the needs of one game. So if you have just Borderlands Three being developed, yeah, now they might hire a bunch of people. But as soon as that game is released, oh. it's post-launch support. We're going to let go of a hundred staff because we don't need heard that many. About those stories, where like the day a game is released, when people should celebrate. People if you talk to devs, many times people will say it's the worst day you can imagine because you know there's a really good chance you're going to be fired and not and, and fired you know, in a way. And it's not going to happen. Like I think for the most part, we don't know for sure, but. Once Borderlands 3 is released, some devs are like, oh, now we've got Project 1v1. Now we've got Brothers in Arms. Yeah. Now we've got yeah. Duke Nukem. It's they have the so step. much shit they can move on to. Yeah, I, I said that a little bit in my video, but I, I think it's safe to say for those out there who are concerned uh, that we highlight that their next release is probably Borderlands 3 coming from that yeah. studio. Like, I, I think everything else is on the back burner. In fact, in that same interview you were quoting, Lone, I'm pretty sure Randy said, like, we have most of our staff on this game. We know yeah, how important that's exactly it is. what he said. Yeah, so. They're well aware. Um, I think that's part of the reason why it was a soft launch or soft uh, announcement with Project 1v1. But I think that also leads to pissing people off because they almost interpret it or rather misinterpret it as Mm. this sly, like, yeah, we're just putting this out here, you know, in case you're interested. Um, This almost like mischievous kind of way of doing it. (laughs) Well, I can ruin that for anybody who has an intelligence. No company yeah. in the world wants to sly a product. Yeah. yeah. Ever. It's That's the most ludicrous fucking they're stupid like, oh, thing I've ever heard. They're hiding it because it sucks. They're hiding you know? it. They're, yeah. yeah. It's that like, no. That's 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 not yeah. how it happens. And so, just fuck, man. I mean, also, we always talk, as Lone said, we always talk about wanting the devs to have the time to do stuff. You fuckers can't bitch about people having the time to do stuff and then give them the time to do stuff and then bitch because they're taking the time to do stuff. Like what in the what type of world are we living in? It's like just sit. Yeah. I mean, you can't yeah. have it both ways. And we always want to. It's like every that it's like, oh no, I meant for every other game, but this one, this one I want right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's selfish. It's it's pretty egotistical. So it'll come and it'll probably be really fucking good for you two. Not yeah. for me, but you two. Because I'm not yeah. a big fan of Borderlands. Not fair enough. It's all good. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's because I haven't played multiplayer with you guys. Maybe that's oh, what I need oh, to say. No, that changes yeah. it. I, I've tried changes playing more. Like, sometimes uh, my friends aren't on when uh-huh. I want to play Borderlands, and I need to get gameplay footage for a video that's coming up, so yeah. I'll play it by myself. And uh, it's, it's not that it's a bad game, fuck. but it's it, it's definitely not Well, I've played fun. it with one other, per- one other person. It's I just think they one other person is fan. fine. But like the first time I when I played Borderlands One, I actually returned it because I played it on my own. I was like, "This is fucking boring." And then my <laughs> friends like, "Nah, nah, buy it again. We'll play it together. It'll be fine. Right. Trust me." And best decision I've ever made. That's yeah. cool. That yeah, that's that's a great thing to hear. Actually, I love hearing that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. So it, it does definitely depend on the people you play with, how loose they are. Because you know, if you're like taking it really seriously, because you go down a lot in the game, or at least I do. Maybe I suck, but um. <laughs> I've found myself like you know if you play with a rager or someone who gets pissed and takes it over really seriously that can probably sour your experience even more than the sure. base game itself but, but that, that's the tactic in Borderlands you go down intentionally to yeah. kill someone and then get your shield back up yeah, that's, you that's your shield how you do your it yep. yeah exactly but it makes you look like shit in the gameplay you're like God, uh, yeah. people probably think I suck at the game but I'm just intentionally <laughs> down to myself I'm really five <laughs> steps ahead of you and you don't even know it I'm fucking playing chess while you guys are playing checkers. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> go. I'm playing Go. <laughs> oh, that's a hard game. Next yeah. piece of news that I think would segue perfectly is that uh, we were talking about Battleborn a little bit, it commercially flopping, 
and it seems Lawbreakers on a similar path. We now know that Lawbreakers launch Man. numbers are lower than Battleborns. In fact, the launch numbers on Steam for Battleborn were twelve thousand, and for Lawbreakers it was at a peak of three thousand. Yeah, and now they're on an average of four hundred and eighty a day for the last thirty days. Wow. You know what the sign of the apocalypse is? Cliff is in doing an interview. <laughs> And I always say that because Cliff loves to pretend that he's a rebel, and he's obviously not. He's the leader of Gears of War, Unreal. Like, he's he, yeah, he is yeah. solidly mired in the industry, but he likes to be like, uh, you know, I'm fighting the good fight. And he's doing interviews today, a bunch of them. And that actually made me sit up because I, I looked at the news, and it was like, Cliff Bazinski does an interview. Cliff, And I was like, oh, fuck, because I want it to succeed. I don't love it. Oh, but of course. Yeah. Th- there's that makes like it, it doesn't make any difference to me. And um, it launched horribly. And I still believe that it is a good indication of when a bad or a boring beta can really fucking hurt a game. Because, man, everybody I talked to was like, did you play the beta? Yeah. Yeah. It's not for me. And instead, and there was it wasn't it's not for me. Maybe it was literally just like I will I have no desire to ever turn it on again. And I don't know Apparently what was with diffi- that beta. The, but. the difficulty curve is like for hardcore gamers. So it's, it seems like it's applying to some sort of niche, whereas other games, mm. they're not, they're not completely similar. But other games, such as Overwatch or sure. you know, Call of More Duty or whatever. consumer-based to get yeah, people in. Yeah, you, you can pick that up without having much experience and still do okay. I mean, like... Games that only apply to a certain niche of you know really hardcore gamers, I don't think they're ever going to do well for the most part. Anyway, and maybe they didn't explain it. If that's true, if that because I'll I'll go check because if that's true, then what that indicates to me is they just poorly advertised it. And and mm. and the desire of Cliff to fight the eight hundred pound gorilla, as he said at GDC and all this stuff, is great. But if you're not getting your word out there about what your game really is, uh, mm. then it can be confusing. To people who see it, and let's be honest, it does look a bit colorful. It does look a bit like Overwatch. And so somebody says, oh, I'm okay at Overwatch. I'm going to play. And they just get fucking get my ass whooped. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I'm never returning again. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you think, Maddie? Well, I thought it was a, a fun game, but I'll, I'll admit I'm definitely in that pack of people who, who played the beta extensively, and I enjoyed it. And but it was like a wait and see approach and I never saw I just kind of let it launch and when you see that hardly anyone's already playing it you're like why am I going to buy it you know there's I'm already going to be out of matches to join in a week or two right so I guess it sucks to see because I thought it was going to be a game that really did well I I expected it to do well I was like you know it's got a pretty cool concept of you know core of the map has these anti-law things and i don't know it, it just i don't really have much thoughts on it sim- simply because i haven't played enough or unlike battleborn where I, I played it extensively i was like this is a good game man i don't get why it's not getting support from players yeah. uh this one i haven't played enough to really come out and be like well why isn't it or why is it that i will that say this i don't know i don't know what you guys think but i noticed that they chose to do modes that aren't necessarily normal like they're not the expected status quo like Something consumer mode that it, yeah it's not really I guess Unreal 1999, where you would expect a certain type of mode. They only have three, I think, in the finished title. And then they don't have a ton of maps. And I think it's all that mixed together, where it's like you need to be really good, as Lone said, which I actually wasn't even aware of. And that starts to make sense on why you don't have a ton of maps. Because if you talk to anybody who's like a professional, they'll be like, I'm really good at these three maps or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And they don't have a ton of modes. And I think that for a lot of people, they just look at it and they're like, 
I mean, nobody, it, it's not like Siege, where it started out and had pretty good numbers, and then they really supported it. It's where the numbers are just, a, they're a travesty, man. Yeah. I mean, and it makes, I just don't know if they can, I like, don't even know. If they, 3K, I mean, that's. Yeah, that's and, and, and I'm curious, uh, like, we are talking about this before the podcast started, what the PS4 numbers numbers are like. Um, like sometimes, and I know people, you know, love the PT gaming scene and there are games that can do really well, but sometimes games just don't perform well on PC. It happens and they'll perform fantastically well on console. You know, all the, like, I I, I can't even think of the examples, but there's been so many times where a game will just have abysmal numbers on PC. Like, I I think even Call of Duty is a good example on that regard. It's usually pretty piss poor on PC and the numbers are a little bit more healthy on, on console. It just happens, and you can't explain it. So hmm. I don't want to write this game off until somehow we get an indication as to how many people or players are playing it on PS4. Is it um, Xbox One as well, Lone? No, it's not. And apparently Cliff Blazinski was a bit uh, uh, flippant about the Xbox One. Yeah. Google uh, it. I don't know if, man, that's a good idea right now, especially with, like, the X coming. I mean, that could be, like, a perfect... Ex- whatever. Yeah, l- l- let me get the specific um, quote... I- I still do believe something. Well, Cliff has been pretty clear that like his relationship with Microsoft, especially around the end, he wasn't incredibly in love with. He's never really said anything super negative, but uh, he, he said know. this. So it, it was we liked the PlayStation best at that point in time. We needed to focus. So okay, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's legit I mean, for resources. My, yeah. my perspective on the whole PS4 thing is like, let's say it's even. You know, they Triple. come out, they drop a stat, and they're like, yeah, the, the, but you got to remember the player base on the PS4 is four times bigger. That's 12,000 players, which is Battleborn peak at launch day. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, yeah. even if it's exponentially better in the terms of statistics, it's still not really that good. It's not a good sign, yeah. Oh, yeah. and I think we should also indicate they had some issues speaking again about like how they publicly announced this. They were free to play. Remember? Yeah, I remember, and then they yeah, switched, yeah, yeah. And, cool. and there was a lot of people who were like, "Oh, they're free to play." I'm not, you know, and I'm not saying that that held over, but I think you can look at the game and how it came out and go, "Okay, there are some specific things that have occurred uh, in the, how they got the information out that has hurt them in multiple little, almost like a the death by a thousand cuts kind of thing." Mm-hmm. Or it's like I, I have bang, so many people tweeting me out saying. What the fuck is Lawbreakers? Like, uh, you know, they, yeah. they just didn't see advertisements or trailers or whatever for the game. I What's did see them, mind you, here news. and there. This game is 30 bucks, man. Like, yeah. And don't you guys think, I, I Good the price. Xbox thing, ignoring it, but I would, we've seen a couple games. Microsoft has been open about it. I don't know if Sony has, especially in the 360 days, where a title wasn't doing well and they put it on sale or their games with gold and suddenly, like, people were buying it. It's like Xbox has the preview program. They could have done that. They could have right. done something on the PS4, a sale. You know, hopefully mm-hmm. we'll see those kind of things that can get those numbers higher. Because I would only want it to succeed. I mean, a bunch of people are working on it, and obviously there's there's folks who yeah, like of, it, of course. So hopefully, good. yeah, hopefully Sony, you know, says, hey, here's some money up front for advertising just on PSN. You know, so you can see Lawbreakers is available. I don't know; it might already have a big splash page. But uh, I remember I clicked on the, the PS better. Store, and it was the first thing that popped up. Well, that's huge fucking. I guess that's bad then if yeah. it's not. I, I, now, you, right when yeah. you said that, it triggered in my head. I literally clicked on it to 
go check what was on the store, and the first thing it was like Lawbreakers out now, like a, a big like you couldn't miss it kind of promo. This is one of those games though, guys, where like if you hear when I especially when I don't like a game, like motherfucking Seven Days to Die Console Edition, which is a beta, and if any of you fuckers bought it, you're dumb. <laughs> but that's a beta. It's actually a pre-beta, and they sold it in retail. That game should not succeed. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't. That's a bad game, poorly made. And it's selling something poor to the consumer. Yeah. It this is mm-hmm. not, and so that pisses me off in, in just that aspect. It's like, fuck, it's a good game. Like people like it, and there's nothing wrong with it, yeah, it's and not, it's not doing it's not well. Rugged, like what the hell happened? Ruggy. It's just yeah. Come, oh, that's another thing. Battleborn. I haven't heard a single thing about bugs or anything. Oh no, yeah. no, no, no. There, there were hitching problems severely oh, okay. on PS4 at launch. Oh, okay. oh. Uh, I, I think it's patched, but there, yeah, there no, definitely were problems. Yeah, yeah, no, it is that, patched. That but, could hurt. Hurt something. I don't know. It's just I, I feel you like a lot of gamers nowadays. Like I look at it this way. I keep bringing it up, and I apologize. But like we look at Hellblade, a lot of people were like, "Oh man, I'm gonna go pick up Hellblade." Oh, and it's thirty bucks. That's awesome. It's like the same thing. Right. Why doesn't that apply for Lawbreakers, which is also thirty dollars? And you know, you get <sighs> because the honest truth package. is, let's be honest, man. I I I mean, I would say that as well. Until you look at the genre it's releasing in, there's a exactly. fucking ton of games. That look like that. So much so that I'm sure people for Overwatch and Battleborn compare them like they did with those two. And we're like, what the fuck mm-hmm. are you comparing Battleborn and Overwatch for? <laughs> and then they're going to compare Lawbreakers to it. And no, there's a look yeah. and a feel to it. And um, I think Hellblade is a, a it's, and it's team, you know, it's Ninja Theory, which is, they're fairly loved. But it's a unique title that looks, graphics can matter and it looks different. And true, I think... True. Yeah, they're totally Here's different. The interesting I, thing is, I know that the appeal is there for oh, it's a first-person shooter, like it's easy entry barrier. I, I wonder if that. I don't even know if there's a statistic supporting it, but I wonder if that p- potential statistic, we'll call it, is fading away. Where it's like you know, gamers are more attracted to entering a a, a new game if it's a first-person shooter. Sure. Well, platformers, mm-hmm. racers, every single generation has had a type of game, or at least two generations have had a specific type of game, racing platformers you couldn't release a fucking mega drive or a genesis without a platformer Mm -hmm. and so i think you're absolutely right i think over time first person's probably gone down open world let's be honest yeah that's gone (laughs) it'll go up rpg right and then hub and those will those will come so i think you're absolutely right i think somebody might look at it and go hey horizon was great uh metal gear was great like these you know some of these where you're looking at their ass isn't so bad so strange here's the interesting thing though i mean because it is an fps it makes even less sense that it wasn't released on xbox one because a lot of the audience is xbox one that's what they like i know it's so weird and they have the dual the dual purchase now for almost every game on xbox i don't know why these unless these like sony is paying up big bucks i don't know why these developers just cut off a big chunk of their player base i mean i might be missing the big picture but i i just look at it and kind of scratch my head i know exclusivity is very important but you know i help well, look thing. at near near the reason why that wasn't done and they it couldn't run it. on it it couldn't run on it and so i think for that's why i was surprised about the x not having it but they may just look at the xbox one and go listen we can get it on the x but the xbox one isn't going to appeal to graphically what we want to do i know there was people inside of ea who are pissed that uh star wars battlefront was 720p on the xbox really? because I the resolution is just that's low i mean that's, that's low. You, yeah. you can put anti-aliasing on everything and it's mm. just you you can polish a turd only so much and <laughs> yep. so it's like that's a low resolution right and it really i, I it, it's sad man i mean but i get it i i get it from a, a, a state of power where maybe cliff was just like 
you know, it's just not yeah, gonna just do what I wanted. Fade away. Or that. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, like, fuck you guys. Guys. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on to our next topic. Um, we've been talking about Hellblade. Let's let's talk about that in full, Lone. I know you, you haven't played it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll remain silent. Yeah, you'll Lone has shut that trap, or you just turn. No, it I haven't played Hellblade at all. I've been playing other stuff. So gotcha. Yeah. Well, for a reference, for those who don't know, a quick roundup of it is that it is $30, as I've mentioned multiple times, and it's about six to, you know, eight hours, maybe, depending on how much you explore. Um, Carrick, I'd like to hear your thoughts first, and we'll get this discussion rolling. Like I said in the review, I loved it. It's it's not going to be for everybody, and it's combat's a little simplistic, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. um, Shockingly but, uh, simplistic when you look at the I, studio's history. Right, and then I called it, you know, Horizon, not Zero Dawn, because mm-hmm. if you think it's going to be like Zero Dawn, you gotta, you're got you already going to be completely, like, disappointed with what this is. Um, I think it's fantastic, and kudos above anything else for two things. The, the voice actress slash actress who plays the main character is actually just an administrative assistant who works for them that they asked to do filming, and she acts perfectly, which is, once again to me, an indication that you don't want Troy Baker pretending to be Troy Baker being Troy Baker. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you want somebody who has not acted to come in and do something. And her You mean delivery... you don't want typical white man voice in your yeah. video game? <laughs> I don't care if it's black man voice. I don't care what man <laughs> yeah. voice or woman voice it is. I just don't want Bailey either. I can't remember uh, what her uh, her first name. Um, Laura. Can't, can't, Laura Bailey. It, they Completely don't need to be agree. in everything. They don't yep. fucking need it. And here's the thing. You talk to actors, if they're all trained by, let's say, if Maddie was training everybody to be an actor, then they may have the same reactions when certain things happen. Mm-hmm. And that, that comes out in games. And so this girl, she's fantastic, man. And she yeah. looks fearful. I mean, there are times where you're playing like, what the fuck? And then the second thing I have to say, binaural audio, it's not as good as the YouTube videos that, that sample binaural, but it's good to the point to where if you put your headphones on, it does verticality for sound, things that you do mm-hmm. not here in games usually and it's fucking phenomenal it is yeah that was the first takeaway for me was it's audio masterpiece audio masterpiece whether it's like the the voices where you'll like hear one behind above to the right then like it's just all over and you're like it's actually like you're experiencing the voices in her head um when you're in combat and they're like behind you and then like you just instantly dude it's awesome yeah I, i never thought the solution to a game where you're fighting multiple enemies and they tell you to counter an enemy was to turn off all the UI and have you listen, you know, stuff like that. Um, it's all with the ears and that's why I think the game recommends using headphones initially, um, because there it's just such a audio journey. It's all driven by that really. I mean, there's a lot of visual stuff and the, the acting really sells it up front, but the, the audio aspect of things, I'm still really digesting it. I did just, as we're recording this now, I did just beat it last night. Um, mm. So I'm really still kind of like thinking it over. And, you know, the ending was really well done. First ending, though, I'll admit this much. Uh, first ending, I actually had to, you know, I had like 75% of it, but I had to look up an explanation. Uh, oh. First ending, I've had to do that for since Bioshock Infinite. And I'm not saying because it, it was mind-blowing, but just because... And it's not in a way where they threw it all in your face. Just so much happened in such a little span of time. And I was like, okay, I get this. I get this. But I'm not sure who that is and what's happening here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the connection with these characters? And so once you get it explained fully and you, you put the pieces together afterwards, you're like, oh, fuck. You're like, that was you know, excellent. This, 
obviously I haven't played the game, but usually when I finish a game, I'll just read the Wikipedia page of the plot, just a title back in my head. Oh, and okay. it's a nice, great way to let everything settle. Like I did it with um, Outlast 2, okay. and it just it just makes the story make sense Solidifies in your head. it a little bit. It is head. solidified. Yeah, see, for exactly. me, I, I try to be a prideful little piece of shit and like put it all together myself. You know, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't need your help. But then like... This one, I was like, I really enjoyed this a lot, and I want to make sure I do understand entirely, because it deals with mental health. I wanted to make sure I entirely understood the picture and what story they were trying to tell. Um, And speaking of that, I was really shocked. The first name that comes up in the intro credits is a mental health advisor. Yeah. That was when I was like, I was like, fuck. That's usually it's like the studio director. It's like, yeah, this is my game, motherfucker. You know, one of those things. But this was... I was like, they set the tone right there. Like, it, without saying a word, I, I was. I um, was what so did you in. think about? So, you know, I'm always into sounding games and stuff like that. And I thought it did a lot of those sounds. I, I thought it did sound really well. Um, but when I was playing it, you know, I did. There were some things I, I wasn't a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. And I found out talking to another YouTuber this morning that when you can pick the different, you can pick where to go. It's hub. Right. So basically, you can pick which god to fight, if you want to call it that. Yeah, um, did, which? Who did you fight first? Who was your first boss you experienced? Sir. Uh, fire. 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 Mine was not. So what I have found is that people who experience that boss first versus the boss I experienced first have a slightly different, maybe more or less positive, uh, like reaction to it. And it, I think it's a proof that a hub game is really hard mm. to test because. You may be that good. Boss, that and, second boss is a lot harder, or your first, it, a lot harder. It, it, exactly. And so what happens is some people I know were like, what the f- I'm getting rolled. What's going on? And I'm all, uh, well, that's one of the problems with a Mass Effect style game that's an open world hub. Because what happens is it's hard to say, is this person going to arrive at this boss with particular skills? And are those skills going to be honed enough by the gameplay prior mm-hmm. to get them over this hump? And there were a couple people I talked to who were like, that bird guy, I want to fucking kill somebody. Like... <sighs> Because he, he had tough. so many different, he had and he had different attacks. Remember, yeah, it was like throw at you, it, he'd dash like, at he, you, and he'd do one dagger one time, and then the next time he'd do two. And if you weren't watching very closely, you'd miss the second, and you get yeah. you get hit. Um, I like that, but I just wanted to know, like, what were your? Did you? I enjoyed the boss fights, but I did it in a different um, mm-hmm. step than you. Did you like them? Were you? I, I enjoyed them. Here's the thing: is that usually when. I've noticed with games, especially in this genre, when they introduce a new boss, they're like, okay, let's throw a brand new mechanic their way. And they kind of right. do, at least with, with Cert. You know, I, I won't focus. spoil too much, but yeah, or they'll show you the focus mode. And uh, it's really satisfying to just fucking hack shit up. But um, other than that, you know, they it was less about what you do as a player and studying what they're going to come at you with and how you're yeah. going to tackle it. Um, it's really hard to narrow down the combat system in a way where it's like you don't want to say it's deep because it's not you have a heavy light attack melee attack you can evade and you can block and then you can and you activate. can do specials yeah, yeah the activation yeah you can activate the focus mode um if you do like a perfectly timed parry but there's something really satisfying about it and um there's it's really cool when you go up against an enemy where you can't parry them it's like okay i have to evade now i hit them my sword just bangs off of them what do i do now how do i find that opening and so picking them apart mechanically, I think, was a lot of the satisfaction that came from the boss fights. I liked it. I can totally see, though, where um, someone might not enjoy that game as much 
if they went into the area you went into because that area was more puzzle heavy. Um, right. A little bit harder to put together, I found personally. And I was not a fan of some yeah. of the puzzles there. Yeah, neither was I because it felt it allowed the game to give you more of that audio experience where you were, you know, hearing the creepy sounds and you were, um, you know, hearing all the audio uh, logs and shit. We'll call them, even though they were lore stones or whatever. Um, but as you're doing that, you're just putting pieces of the puzzle together. And like, I didn't judge it right away because I was really hoping, okay, this might have something to do with the narrative. It, yeah. As far as I know. It never really did. And so I I just at the end kind of hand tossed. I was like, fuck, that was like the one thing I really didn't like about the game. Um, because here's the thing is that there were two points in the game during, we'll call them the trials, that they used that similar puzzle structure, but it was magnificent. Uh, right. One, I'll say, was you were in a dark area. And- Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of sound. Uh, one I was just saying was um, the labyrinth where you were just using your ears. You were just hearing your way through. That was cool. Um, the other was being chased by a really de- death-defying creature and finding all the, the sigils real quickly. So those were two things. I was like, okay, that was kind of the same thing, but the formula was spun up enough and it, it tied into the story and it was just a really intense thing. And really unsettling more than anything that it that was the I was hoping for more of those along the way. And you didn't really get those. Dude, I'm I I don't get frustrated very often because like you can't. You you have to get through the game so you can review it and stuff. So you sort of have to be like, okay, what am I doing wrong? That motherfucker on the cross, the Y um puzzle, where it's a Y and my dude uh... <laughs> five inches to the right is the way it's you succeed. And every person I've talked to in the last fucking two days has been like, that was the one puzzle where they're like, I'm looking right fucking at it. What yeah. is wrong? And I accidentally solved it. And that pisses me off that most of them weren't like that. Um, but some of those puzzles, they were a little poorly tested. I really wish somebody had looked at those a little closer and, and, and like, like for me, it them. was, um, where you were you were hopping between worlds and um there was one where you had to like line up a shadow and these boxes and something above them and, and get it on just you're on top of the stair set looking down at you just had to line up right and i remember when i first did i was walking around for easily 20 minutes and it was like three in the morning i was like fuck it i'm going to sleep man i go to sleep i wake up the next day i start up i'm like all right fresh head i'll probably solve this, this is usually right. what happens I, 10 minutes later i'm like what the fuck and then much like you said, I, I, I all of a sudden I was walking and then it, it like you know how it starts to highlight it and let you know like okay you found it, that's what it did. I was like, is that that's really it? Like that looks hardly like the puzzle I was trying to solve, but okay. And I took it and moved on. But it just it's I get what they're trying to do because I feel like this is a game that if you were to to replay a couple of years later, it, it's the story that'll stick out because people will be like the combat's not that deep, the puzzles just really get in the way. Um. And it's the Black Magic Jack Sparrow, plain and simple. Yeah. That dude, I've never laughed so hard mm-hmm. as when the fucking shaman shows up in full motion video, and he's sort of like faded in, and I'm like, yeah. what in the? And w- all of a I sudden, it was different my, though, a good type of different. It, it was, but my brain said Jack Sparrow, and then from mm. that moment on, I was like, oh no, it's Johnny Depp. And <laughs> it, I had that issue where you're like, okay, it's not as funny as your brain is telling yeah. you right now. But his interplay and then little things like finding people's faces in the rock and having them talk to you in the waterfall, 
and then um, uh, it, and I'm not spoiling anything because there's waterfalls and rocks all over the fucking game, so yeah. there's no spoilers there. But additionally, um, the Alice in Wonderland fucking rings in some of those were so cool to like yeah. go around and go. I don't know where to go, and then look the other way and see like the bridge and go wait. Was that bridge always there? It, it, there was yeah. something very mystical and very, very cool about those. See, I like about those the elements. environmental, we'll call them puzzles, where you had like a, a portal you could walk through. And if you mm-hmm. like step to the side of it, you'd see like That's a door. what I'm talking about. Alice yeah, in okay, Wonderland. Yeah, yeah, and then you look through it. Okay, sorry. Didn't understand that. And yeah, That's all right. Through, that was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I liked it overall, though. That was, that was a very good game. But I, like I said, I think the story is going to save me more than anything. And uh, right now, it's definitely on my top five. And bravo to them. For a couple things, like one, releasing it at a price that I I think like made sure they hit a certain demographic, like, yeah. you know, a pri- price where people could look at it and go, I mean, if it's more They're expensive, like they say, is it Horizon Zero Dawn? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can just look at it and go, hmm, it's half that price. And um, and also just taking taking it and doing something different, you know, I, yeah, I just right. I sort of like that. I'm not a big f- I don't believe every indie is fucking, you know like some special jewel but the the <laughs> what they put together and that it's a spiritual sequel to um uh the prior game um yeah i liked the idea of demon blade and then heaven or what is it, hellblade mm-hmm. and yeah. then hell heaven heavenly heaven, sword heavenly or... sword okay. yeah i always mess that up and yeah. being like a spiritual sequel to that i sort of i i enjoyed there was some weird DNA you could feel you know between the, the two. Uh, the lore stones you'd listen to, and they kind of give you, I don't know what it was. Did you find that interesting at all? I so I did only because I know some of the history, like some of the you know real history versus what yeah. he was saying. And so yes, but I can see why a lot of people that would not cause it them just, to look around the level. That was another <laughs> part of the game. I'm not gonna lie. That just over my head went over your head yeah. you know aside from one part at the end where i listened to it i was like okay this is tying into what's happening now most of what was happening i didn't feel like there was any connection i didn't yeah. feel like there was i felt it was just kind of there and, and that's the thing is is um i don't think combat was an afterthought and i don't think the <laughs> puzzles were, were most of an afterthought but i feel like those lore stones were kind of there as like a little okay like here you go for an otherwise really immersive game, right? So sure, yeah. Yeah, like maybe maybe a collectible in a weird way yeah. that they thought they needed. Yeah, really. I think they did. They, I think that was the thing. They were like, we need collectibles. Okay, how do we do it? Because, sure. you know, we need something for the, the player to do on their, you know, point A to point B journey. Right. I, overall, though, that was a, an excellent game. And I, I wholeheartedly, as I said on Twitter, really recommend that people who own a PS4 or PC play it. $30, cannot argue that price for a game that's, uh, if you really appreciate narrative, I'd say definitely pull the trigger if, you know, the game or plays. Game, or game fly it if you yeah. fucking, I yeah. mean, it, it, it's a It's a, it. a six-hour-ish game, really, if you, if, you know, if you It just took get me rolling. longer, so so how how far, of course, I did check all the rune stones. How, you're saying it took, you only got six, six and a half? Well, that's the thing, is like I said... It, I wasn't rushing, you know, I, I was just talking about how I, I don't rush my reviews, but I, when I started to not really give a shit about the lore stones, I was like, I really care what's happening with Senua, or Senua, sorry, mm-hmm. and, Senua. And, and what's going on with her, I, I don't care about these lore stones, and so if I saw them, I'd stop, I'd listen, but I didn't go out of sure. my way to find them, I didn't rattle my brain on what one lore stone I was missing, didn't really matter to me. I kind of wish I did, because this is one of the easiest platinum trophies there, but, um... It's not a big deal. 
Um, but yeah, it's just, I think, I also, like, didn't walk everywhere. I don't know if you did. You know, I'd hold L1 to jog a lot of the time just because, not because yeah. I'm like, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. I was just like, okay, I'm walking. Why not just jog? Walking is boring as fucking games. And, you know, games, games, exactly. But loads. it was really, games it, don't I can handle see it why. Well. With the with how great the visuals were, in, yeah, I can't speak. How great the visuals, visuals were in the game, you know, and th- there were some really moment, big moments of excellent writing that I yeah. was sitting there like I could see how someone would want to slow walk this part and really just be like, yeah, I feel like a fucking beast right now, and I'm really, <laughs> I'm there, and, and so I can see where people are coming from with that. But for me, I was just like, okay, you know, this is just, this is just making the game longer. This is just, and it's not like I'm trying to rush to the finish line. It's more nope. so like it feels like the developers intentionally making me walk here. The Order eighteen eighty six. How about that? Yeah. You know, fuck that. that. Mm. Fuck any game that has a run button that doesn't have stamina go away. Thank God, because you're not like you know a seven hundred pound morbidly obese character. You yeah. should be able to run for a while. That chick <laughs> can run. She has no stamina, so you can do constant rolls in battle. Those are all put in the game. You can't rush. People can say you're rushing, but you're not. You're, to, to me, what you're talking about is a normal person playing a game in their fashion using the tools the game developer yeah. put down. I mean, they so put a run button. That's the thing. They put wrong. a fucking run button there. They, exactly. If I want to get through and just like, okay, like I want it out of excitement. I want to know what happens next. Like I'm fucking beelining. Oh, there. dude. <laughs> before before we bore loan even more with a game, he has fucking no clue what we're talking about. Half the shit. Um, some of the transition changes were fucking insane in that game. There's one in particular when the, the world basically lights on fire mm-hmm. and I was not prepared for that. Like, I, I mean, I've seen stuff like that happen in games, but for some reason I was not prepared for that one. And I've touched the stone and it's talking and then it's like fucking everything. And for some reason, my brain was just like, that might be the coolest thing I've ever seen in the last couple of weeks. Like I was yeah. just like, I was legitimately impressed yeah, by that. They, so they did a, lot a good of job elements. with, more than anything, seamless transit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's just a very seamless game. There's no loading screens, which is something that, for example, Pyre that that really kind of jarred me. I know it's kind of the loading, right? Yeah, that like yeah. you know, pick your squad, loading. You know, uh, they they introduced the rights loading screen. It's like there's so much loading screens here, and so I guess the timing's right. It, it was really refreshing, despite how much I love Pyre. We talked about it last episode. Uh, yeah, Hellblade. I was really, really happy with <clears throat> that they kept that, just kept going, kept going. Because, you know, I just found myself marathoning this game. It's not a super long game where a marathon is something, this is a title you beat in, from an afternoon to an evening. Yeah. But um, still, it was one that, like, I, I could not put the controller down. I did not stop for anything because it just kept going. It, it, yeah. They did a really excellent job keeping the player engaged. So, Lone, talk to Rachel. Make sure she tells you to play it. Yeah, oh man, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie's so cut up about that. <laughs> I know he is. He is. Because <laughs> it's some See? shit. Well, play my games. <laughs> yeah, just my games. Yeah, I, I. You can only play games within my library. <laughs> just have this ultimate control over you. Yeah, but no worries, Carrick. I'll play the game you suggested. That's fine. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man. <laughs> um. All right. Next subject that we will talk about is um well we were talking about an easy platinum trophy in hellblade and then the xbox achievement system is undergoing some huge changes they want to basically highlight for example there might be someone who plays 2000 hours of halo they're really good at halo 5 they want to highlight that and they want to make sure gamers know that they want to make sure their score and everything reflects that 
So what do we think about, and I know, Carrick, you, you're not a big fan of the achievement trophy system. You know, you kind of think it's just a little silly. Uh, but what do you guys still think about uh, a system that's been around since the Xbox 360, the birth of that, undergoing some pretty serious changes? Go for it, Lone. Okay. So it's interesting for me because there was a time where I had to 100% everything. And, mm. I, and I've talked about this before. I'm slowly making um, that habit. <laughs> it's so yeah, so no, I, I can play I, more I, games. Boy. No, I've completely ditched it. Because exactly right. Not only does it prevent you from playing more games, it also prevents you from playing some games because you're like, well, I can't 100% this game because it's impossible. So why the fuck am I going to play in the first place? Oh, God. Um, That happens so often. But you know what? So long as it doesn't undermine the core concept of achievement, um, I think, you know, pure achievement hunters will will still be fine with it. I I don't know if if it's like if any of the changes are actually affecting really how achievements work like is is there maddie i I don't know um what well they haven't gotten into specific details they didn't say they were changing anything with gamer score they just said they just want to highlight more of like when a player is special you know that he might not they said exactly that he might not play a lot of games but he'll play a lot of halo 5 and he's really good at Halo Five, and they want to be able to showcase that so i wonder if there's going to be like gamer scores that you can like pin to your profile 2000 hours in halo 5 um one thing i've always said is that they should continue to do that they don't do as much now is avatar items for like when you put x amount of time into a game or do a a certain cool objective i really 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 like that with the xbox 360 they did that with a couple of games and it was really cool to get this special item because i did something special in the game and i could show that's the problem i think avatars are less important nowadays aren't they They like i don't see my avatar much anymore yeah they are even though I keep mine as my, my gamer picture because I'll always remember it. But, um, you know, I thought yeah. that was a really cool idea. Um, another thing that they have clearly need to add for a while is a similar system to a Platinum Trophy. They kind of have one now. Um, I realized it when I was playing, I think. Rare? It w- the Diamonds? Yeah. yeah I the love diamond those. Ones. Yeah. I, I know that sounds stupid, but people will be watching my review and be all, dude, what's that diamond? And I'm like, yeah. I know, man, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, like th- that's kind of a similar system they added. Um, I forgot exactly how it works. This is the only game I really saw it in use for because I really haven't touched my Xbox one it's since exactly, then. Is, uh, no, it's, it's, Halo Wars it's what you, Yeah, the diamond is what you're talking about. It it actually, the the lower the number of people who've got it, the higher your chance of getting that rare. And mm. so it pops up basically mm. saying, this is a rare achievement as in not that it's already made rare, it's that almost nobody's got it. Because I just got ah. one on a game that's been released for like six months, and I just got it, like okay. yesterday. Okay. So it, it's doing what you're saying that's cool. already. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of a substitution where PlayStation has like a... What they added to their trophy system at the birth of the PlayStation 4 was they, they you know, instead of having like a rare, um, or rather, I'm sorry, bronze, silver, and then gold, and then the platinum, of course... Um, they also added the uh, the percentage to let you know, like, for example, I think one of the most satisfying things when I get the Platinum Trophy is seeing I'm in that 2% of people who actually... Oh, yeah, 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 right, I was yeah. like, fuck yeah, like, I, I really put the work in, you know? It's and, a trophy leaderboard, right? Yeah, exactly. It yeah. basically is, except Xbox actually has a leaderboard. You know, they like they'll each month oh. you'll see who leads on your friends list in gamer score. Um, so you have this kind of invisible competition with people and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, uh, I yeah. think you're right. I think it would be great if they started rewarding. So rewarding gamers is great, but some, like Lone said, I, I don't even know what my avatar looks like. Um, so, <laughs> so that goes away. Gamer score is so high now because people have the same account 
that they're in the millions. And so that doesn't matter so much. I would, I would certainly like to see some kind of cool little, like, you know, imagine uh, rare backgrounds or a rare premium theme that is yeah. unlocked by doing these very the rare things. Or because, no, uh, PlayStation yeah, that did that for into the UK. I want to say for Neo. I'm not 100 percent sure if those are, but it was just a region thing. Or Bloodborne, it might have been. Was it if you bought it or if you if did you something? Platinum, if you platinum, oh, I think Bloodborne. Go. UK people got like a special dynamic theme, and I'm like, why isn't this more of a thing? This would be so yeah. cool. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I like. So that idea. I, I'm hoping like that they start to do more of that more along those lines that um, reward the player, make it look special. I think even though it was kind of an off the top of my head idea, I think maybe the idea of pinning it to your profile, that might be really cool. Yeah. It's just the thing with, with achievements, which is why I prefer achievements over the whole trophy system in PlayStation is that you can look at someone's username on Xbox and see their gamer score. It's right there. Right. Mm -hmm. So when, when Xbox talks about, well, we want to kind of try and highlight how many hours someone has put into a particular game. I'm wondering from that perspective, is there a quick and simple way to have like, you know, when you usually have someone's username and their gamer score in that kind of section, somehow highlight that they've put a thousand hours into Halo. And I can't think of something without it being too intrusive or just too cluttery. I, I honestly so can't. You don't, you Obviously, don't think like pinning it to the profile would be... Uh... But when, when you click into someone's profile, you can show whatever you want, right? That's fine. But mm-hmm. no one's, like, r- very rarely, I think, someone's going to click into someone's profile to see what kind of achievements that they've done. I think, this is just my opinion, I think when Xbox talks about revamping their achievement system and wanting to highlight those particular things, they want to try and make sure that when you look at your, your friend and you can easily see their gamer score, wherever that shows up, in that instance, highlight the fact that someone's put into heaps, you know, heaps of hours into a, a game. But how do you do that? Like, do you have your gamer score text be gold instead of silver or something like that? But does that you know, make I, sense? I, I bet you. I, I don't even want to say this because I, I hope I hope it doesn't get out. But can you imagine if it's like emojis where it's like a fucking oh. rectangle if you've shot a hundred mm-hmm. people in the head? Because I don't want a passive award. So a thousand they hours do have in Halo on the keyboard I, for it. I, mm. I can just sit in Halo in the menu and get a thousand hours. So I, they would have to really check what were you doing. Were you a team yeah. killer? Oh, we like don't want to reward that, play. right? I, I was killing all my friends. Well, you don't want to reward that. But if they said ten thousand headshots over five hundred yards in this game, and you got yeah. then you got a stamp like stamps, and you could choose what stamps on your own profile to display. That would be cool because then you Ooh. could choose it. You've given me an, a great idea. All right. So usually Xbox, you have your username and i believe you have like the little g for for gamer score is that yeah. right yeah i'm look i'm yeah and i'll look right now i've got it all righty so i believe like, if yeah. you have that g you do. okay you could you should be able to choose a particular color to right. you know for that g and then that would represent something so let's say you put a thousand hours into halo and that gets you a gold g you or can sh- decide to show that one or something yeah or so, textured yeah. yeah just that's a good idea but what they're saying, I, I wanted to bring up the article just because um, we're spitfiring ideas here, is that um, they say they're, they're calling it fundamental changes to the concept of Xbox achievements. Mm. They say, we're going to go big in the area of letting people show off and represent their gaming history and type of gamer they are far more than we do with Gamerscore. Uh, without going into much detail, Yabara hinted at an alternative Xbox achievement system to complement the existing trophy and Gamerscore-based scheme. This new ranking system could highlight the feats of players 
who choose to specialize in a particular version of a game, as is common in esports scenarios. So in a beta, uh, not a beta, I'm sorry, in a, a survey a couple, about six, no, almost a year ago, I got, there was a question about, would you like to see uh, the videos that are posted to your Xbox um, be thumbnails and be achievement driven? So like, if you kill somebody, a little video is posted to your action, like I killed him, and it shows a video of that. Microsoft's one of the only companies that probably has a server bandwidth to do something like that. So I'm yeah. wondering if they're going to go with a broadband solution and a media solution instead of a color. They're like the 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 reticle I was talking about, reticle, sorry, uh, is is actually a little video or maybe it's a slightly bigger thumbnail size video of me killing my 10,000th guy. Yeah. He says, in this way, players who choose to be competitive in a narrow selection of games can also get the same recognition as those who play a ton of games and earned a lot more achievements, including the easy ones. So So that's the point, right? So so they're trying to say, well, look, it's fine if you play a bunch of different games and you have fucking a million gamer score, right? But that's not so fair for people that play just as much as you, but perhaps don't get a bigger gamer score because they've done all the achievements in the game. Yeah. So again, I I think the quick and easy way to do that is some sort of color to indicate something. Yeah. yeah. Whatever yeah, that might says be. Fundamental changes like a color. Yeah. Uh. Well, and that's the thing is fundamental to me feels doesn't necessarily even feel visual. It feels like when they say fundamental, that to me, if you look up the word, I mean that actually like means the basics, the underpinnings. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see what underpinnings they're going to switch around. Are they going to? I like. That people can get achievements just because I don't like them or care doesn't yeah, mean much. Yeah. Um, uh, the occasional rare is fun because of the crystal, but I really do believe it's because it looks different than everything else. So if yeah. there's a way to give somebody something that looks different because they played State of Decay for a hundred hours versus somebody who just got a all yeah. of the achievements and ran off, I think that's I think that's awesome. It, but yeah, Lone, as Lone point. said, it's going to be hard as fuck. That's a good like point. I don't know how you would. I, I, the, I just don't the know. Goal, how the goal sounds like to get that percentage of players who are investing in the achievements now you mentioned that to keep them playing because like yeah. you said a lot of people will get that platinum will get the hundred percent and be like okay i'm done I'm so done. they Move think on. what can we add right. to keep the player playing after that and i don't yeah. think it should come down to achievements although and trophies although i am guilty of that there are there are tons of games that i have played well i've the got platinum your tweets just, <laughs> i got ya. a platinum yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah just i i have to count them all up but, um, you know, there, there aren't many games. Like, Nier is one I've gone back to a bunch. I mean, they're, my favorite games are the ones I go back to, despite whatever trophy count I have. But there's not, like, I find myself, if I'm going back a, a third or a second time for a game, it's usually to get the rest of the trophies or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I am big on replaying games. There have been games I've replayed that I just don't care about the Platinum for. But, like I said, a lot of the time, it's like, if I'm I'm putting in the work, I'm like, might as well. And then once you get it, you, you kind of feel done. You feel like you've given your love and yourself to the game. And it's like, all right, I'll move on now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I treat I treat Platinum Trophies as like an act of love. Except for Amazing Spider-Man 2. Fuck that game. That shit was awful. <laughs> I don't know why. I, put, I, I remember. I don't know why I put myself through that game, dude. I literally remember That's sitting okay. in this chair, just fucking having my legs kicked up, headphones on. I was listening to like a, like a podcast for five hours as I'm just grinding out leveling up all these spider-man suits and the way i did it was on like the last level of the game i just kept doing it over and over yeah. and over and over 
and I'll never forget the level. It's ingrained in my fucking head. I had like a speed run for it. I knew how to fucking get through it and just bang, XP, boom, done. Do it again. Five hours straight. I must add some time on my hands, bro. That's fucking. That's some. <laughs> Sounds st- boring. Yeah, it was some stupid Back shit. That game, that game was awful. Hope that was a good podcast. <laughs> it was. Uh, what was it? Oh, fucking. I think it was kind of funny. I'm not sure. I don't even know if they were around at that point in time. Anyway, uh, next bit of news: uh, Overwatch is getting a deathmatch mode, so they're adding a, a free-for-all mode. Um, a, a team game, a team-based game is getting a mode that encourages you to fight for yourself. And they're adding a brand new map based off of it as well. I believe it's set in France. Um, looks really cool though. Any thoughts on Overwatch adding a, a deathmatch mode? Just more options? Yeah. So how does it work? Is it a separate mode you click into or is it part of the quick play? Uh, mm-hmm. I'd imagine it's, it's a separate mode you can, cause like, and that's fine. Under, under yeah. arcade, there you can click on like the three v threes. You can do like the mixed game modes. You can do that's fine. Yeah, one v ones. I think um, there's there's a bunch of options you can select from. So you can, you I, can do imagine, Lucio Ball now. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I can imagine because you can select Lucio Ball separately. I'd imagine that Deathmatch is just another one of those. So yeah. Speaking of that, they also added that back again. I don't know if that'll be permanent or not, but because they're adding it. To they have a Sydney play. Australia map. Looks fucking awesome. Yeah, Australia. Um, Australia, mate. We're seeing a lot of modes being added to the game now. To uh, I don't know if it's an act to make it more accessible or if it's just something to really round out the package. Where you look at it, it was this team-based competitive shooter. Now they got a free-for-all mode. Now they got a sports game mode. I mean, this is a really flexible game when you think about it. They got everything going for them now. It's fucking wild. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't mind. I mean, you, you still got your quick play. And for people that just want to experience something different every once in a while, True. you've got these other cool modes. And mm. I, I don't know whether anyone is actually against that. Like, if, if it was a, something that was forced upon people, then fine. But it's a choice. It's an option. You can do your fucking normal Overwatch gameplay or you can play your Lucio Ball or whatever it is. So if it's more choice for the players, then we can't complain. I don't see what there would be to complain about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, and it's, more no, it's something that we... Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think... It's something that some Overwatch players that have come from a traditional Call of Duty Battlefield background have wanted. Yeah. No, it's just, I'm I wonder how the balance it. is going to be because you have some players or some, some um, characters that would just dominate people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could... Well, that's the thing. I, that's the, the beauty of Overwatch's cast is I, I could sit here and be like, it's all attackers. I mean, the support characters probably know more for that mode, but... um, Yeah, exactly. Like, like you wouldn't fucking play a Mercy in... Yeah. in a deathmatch, right? Unless but like, there was like it, a mercy even saying only deathmatch mode, that would be kind of funny because be, they, they do that. That'd be hilarious. Or arcade, just put a random. Would you know mode. what they should do? Really, they should have it where you can like, I don't know, but only within a particular category of plays or of characters can you choose. So you can have a deathmatch with with attack characters because it wouldn't make sense if you could just choose any character and someone's like, I genuinely want to play a defensive, and then someone comes in with a doom fist and wrecks your day, yeah. Like, interesting that the balance will be interesting yeah i i don't even know if it's designed to be balanced because i don't think they'll be doing like competitive yeah maybe not it's it's a different map so hey you know what if they want they could always i mean have places where like your power is turned up if you enter this area and so you go into the area and i mean they did have those just have it be crazy yeah uh, Yeah, just have it be crazy i mean i think it'd be better if it was just nuts and it was like we're and test your um your future ideas for the other parts of the game in there 
go, you know, mm-hmm. is this character fun to do this way? Let's see, and let's see how people are treating them in, in Deathmatch. Well, so. let's be honest, a big part of this is just market testing. Like, they're just trying to test out new features and, and see if they can apply it to the main game to make mm-hmm. it better. Simple as that. Yeah, the beauty of the PTR. Nothing quite like mm-hmm. having a separate client for your game that you can just have players fire up beta test for you and data yep. mine it all and then fucking put out <laughs> the full thing, balance the shit. It's amazing. Works out yeah. so well for them. Anyway, just a quick little segment there. We'll move on now to um, Shadow of War's microtransactions. This ought to be a good discussion. So we've known that they're going to have some type of microtransaction system for a decent amount of time. We didn't know what. Now we know what it is. So we're getting like loot chests, XP chests, or boosts, I'm sorry. Um, Just a whole ton of shit that's really going to turn into, in many ways, a pay to win. And they're saying you can earn this stuff through just playing the game, but we know that the option is there to get payers to play. The only way to get them to want to pay is to discourage them from actually playing the game and paying to get what they want. So, yes, I could acquire all the shit I want in the game. Is it going to take me 10-plus hours to get something that could take me two minutes? That's my concern. The first thing that I want to make sure that we clarify is that some people were saying when this came out that well, because you can obtain everything through normal gameplay, it's not pay to win. That's just completely false. All right, pay to win mm. is the ability to buy a game uh, item or a chest or whatever it is that fundamentally gives you a better advantage in the game. Whether you can also obtain that through normal gameplay is irrelevant. Yeah, they're they're, they're just two different instances of pay to win. You might have one where pay to win is just more severe because there are some items completely locked behind a paywall, or you can have one where everything's obtainable but you can still buy stuff. They're both still pay to win. So I I think some people were confused about that. I don't know why. I think it's a pretty simple concept. So in this instance here with with Shadow of War, when they didn't have like there was one stage when this paid, this microtransaction system was announced and that we didn't know whether it was going to be a multiplayer system. Right, So it was just the single player. In that instance, it's technically pay to win, but I was like, okay, if it's just for your single player game, it might affect the enjoyment of the game. Like, I don't think Shadow of uh, Mordor would admit as fun if you could just buy Orc followers outright, for Absolutely. instance, right? But then they announced this multiplayer system where you're using the army that you've bought in, sorry, you've uh, collected in the single player, and then you're applying it to the multiplayer scheme, but then that army has been built up by a bunch of orc followers that potentially you could get from chests. So that's pay to win. And that's where I kind of draw the line. I'm like, well, what happens in the multiplayer where everyone's just getting dominated by teams that have been quickly you know, developed by purchasing chests? That's where I drew the line and I had a problem with it. When it was just the single player, I was like, you know what? It's, I'm not going to buy stuff because it's probably not the best way to play it. But I could see why some people might want to. Yeah. But there is still a risk that they could increase the normal grind to a stage where it just becomes annoying. But then the multiplayer was just a different concept for me. Interesting. See, I I sit on the... When it comes to microtransactions in general, I sit in the area where... um, It's kind of like, I know you're going to do it anyway, so if you're going to do it, just do cosmetics. And leave it as that. Um, I know that despite Activision Blizzard having tons of fucking cash, they justify their microtransactions by saying, well, it's why we give you free monthly content. And I can't really argue with that. You know, they have to make their money somehow. And I do actually get enjoyable free monthly content. Um, Now, with that being said, to get that free monthly content like the new skins, I really either can grind the fuck out of the game 
or spend actual money and unlock a bunch of chests, which then we, we know how Overwatch the crates go. Yeah. So it is this never-ending spinning cycle. And there was an excellent Reddit post I covered in the video um, about this very topic. And it was talking about how it's kind of concerning seeing this constant uh, spinning of the wheel type microtransactions are coming into the industry over and over. We're seeing it come into Battlefront 2 now. And mm. uh, people were really approving of this type of thing where it's now like what happened to the days where it was either you bought the game for a fixed amount, that was it, or you got DLC for that fixed amount price, or you paid a subscription for an MMO, for example. Now we got this where we got kids just constantly fucking tossing cash at the screen. I'm guilty of it when I was younger, like I said in the video, FIFA Ultimate Team. Oh my god, it was nasty. Just spending yeah, so yeah. much money on the Ultimate Team packs because I just I love the idea of opening card packs as a kid and doing it digitally and then building the yeah. best fucking team possible. So much fun. So I get the satisfaction, but it does lead to a concern in the industry, a, a growing problem more than anything, uh, where where people are saying like, you know, gambling addictions and, and all that shit can start to be developed here. But not getting into that subject, more so that um I sit in the the part where it's like, I don't like them. I see why developers do it, because Carrick made an excellent point many episodes ago, and it's something I've always carried with me in these types of discussions, is that it allows the developer to, you know, upfront put those features out so that we don't see feature delay, so we don't see cut content. We see them say, we'll make up the difference with these microtransactions. So mm. it's a really give and take for me, but at the end, I'm not the biggest fan of them, because um, there's nothing worse, I feel... Then booting up a game and seeing like the the new game load game store in the biggest fucking text and like in the bottom right corner, you know, buy the season pass and you'll get X, Y, and Z. It's like, dude, like I just bought the game and you're already trying to fucking grab more cash for me. Come on. So yeah, that's where I stand. What, what do you think, Carrick? I think that we've seen one or two games do it right. I think Maddie agrees with me. So if he doesn't, I apologize. I know some people do, but I think Mortal Kombat Injustice 2. Uh, works pretty well because it stopped it, you have the ability to turn off um, anything you've got and fight people online just yes. as your yes. characters that's ah, that's cool. so I, that's I, personally, I, I am not a fan of Shadow of War as much as most people I mean, in fact I'm really not a fan I felt the first one was really grindy I'm very nervous this will just make this one more so and if I notice the first one was grindy and other people didn't. I'm worried they're going to feel it's grindy, which I'm going to feel it's even more so. Yeah, <laughs> um, same. But for me, it's um, if you have the ability to go to multiplayer and it's like, FYI, when you go to multiplayer, anything you have purchased in the single player game cannot be great. That For that part, that's great. But what bothers me, and I've said, I've said this before, and I know a lot of people don't agree with me, and maybe it's I'm not explaining, or maybe I just it's the dumbest idea in the world. But for me, I would rather have no multi... I would rather have no microtransactions whatsoever when a game is launched and the reason why is because even a cosmetic multi uh, uh, or microtransaction in some way is taking resources from an artist or somebody else who, who from not on the main game i just want that shit there day one and then in a month if you want to yeah. say we've watched people we're using a heat map we've we've figured out that there's some issues here and there some people aren't liking Mad Max's first grind, for instance. Let's give them some points to get their car up to date if they want months later. Great. Yeah. Um, I know people hated Two Worlds. It did a ton of microtransactions mm -hmm. recently, and I don't like that they turned off the console and all this other stuff, but it's an older game, and it's like, you know what? If I buy a game for $3 and then microtransactions, because it's on sale for $3 fucking dollars, 
Mm. and it's got 60 hours of content and there's now microtransactions if I want it, but it hasn't changed the core game because the core game was programmed without those in it. I'm fine mm. with that too. But no company is going to do that, unfortunately. And so I'm with you guys where it's like, unfortunately, we're at a point where it's going to happen. Um, I'm not going to just raid a game terribly because I didn't Deus Ex, which I also felt worked fine without him. I beat Deus Ex, this last one, and then found out there were microtransactions before the review went live. Like, mm. I I played it and then I looked in the options for the other stuff because I was like, okay, they are the modes. I beat the single player and it's like store or whatever. And I was like, what? Mm. <laughs> no. And so that didn't make an effect on me at all. What's so it's an, impossible. What's annoying, it's and, possible. and Carrick, you and I can relate to this one, is... Uh... When you get a review copy, you're talking about the title. Are there, you know, I, I try to cover this in reviews. I already I think know it's what necessary. you're going to say. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, are there microtransactions? Nope. And then an update comes out for the game after review copies are done, reviews are out, and players buy the game, and there's a store there. It's uh, like, or well, worse, fuck they you. fucking close the store off. That just yeah. happened on a game recently where the store was not on when I was reviewing it. So I emailed them and was like, I'm not reviewing the game unless the store is on so I can see what the fuck is actually going to be available day one. Oh, well, the store won't go live. Day- Fine. Reviews coming out later because there's no way I'm going to tell people what the effect is without knowing. Like, because if somebody, for example, I really do feel Injustice 2 handles it very well. Mm-hmm. It's like the ability to just say, I want to enter multiplayer as far as without I'm concerned, my stuff. I don't see them popping. And that's a that's a game that's got a platform for microtransactions. But I don't remember them really putting it in your face like, come on, you know, buy yeah. this, get the loot quicker you know it it's no not matter fact, it's in a different spot and so yeah we'll see go ahead no I was, I was just gonna say look i i really like the point you brought up carrick about how if they have microtransactions for, even for cosmetics day one they've had an artist spend hours on that stuff yeah, I, I, I that didn't even con, you know occur to me but I, I, even given that i would still take the general view that I don't want to say microtransactions are a necessary evil. I get why developers and publishers do it, right? Yep. But even given that, I would still lean towards if if any microtransaction in the game were purely cosmetic, then I have absolutely no issue with it because I am not forced or incentivized or pushed to buy those items. Yeah, Can it's I ask not you a like question? real quick. Yeah. yeah. Some games now are wrapped around their cosmetics. For example, Omega Marble is all mm. about superhero suits, and it's all DLC suits. And so, in a way, it's a cosmetic, but it's a superhero, and their suits matter. 75 yeah, but, different suits. But, but, but does it affect how well you play, or does it affect gameplay? No, what I'm saying is it affects your enjoyment of the game because, because it's so... Cosmetic has become such an issue in that game, right? It's become a gameplay element because you can play the game as Gwyn Spidey, if you want, or normal Spidey, but there's fucking 18 Spider-Man suits, and that's really the only stuff to get. And so I almost does it, I agree does it? with you. I'd rather have it cosmetic, but well, I'm so nervous games will switch. People will try that, to like, that, that's that's that a great area. Like, oh, you shouldn't have yeah. to put the carrot in front of you to, to keep playing the game. I'm like, dude, if there's an unlock system, if there's something I can unlock, then why can't I? Why do I have to pay real money for it? Uh, well, that, look, that's he, here's the thing. And, and of course, this, this comes down that's to... That's a small issue anyway. It's not... No, no. Games. Th- and this comes down to personal issues, right? right? But Sorry, personal perspectives. But giving you an example, I recently jumped back into Overwatch after not playing it for months. And I played that game. I was like, oh, everyone is running around with their own cool little unique uh, skins. Mm-hmm. But does it affect me? No, it doesn't. Because they're not fundamentally a, 
like because of those skins, they're not fundamentally a better player than I. Exactly. So I'm not disadvantaged. I'm not unfairly treated because I haven't spent extra additional money on top of the money it requires to buy the game in the first place. Right. That's why I kind of draw the line with cosmetic versus fundamental pay to win because let's say i go you know buy shadow of war which i will and i'll play the single player game without spending any money on microtransactions right but if because of that because i've decided i just want to play the game normally like shadow of mordor you know and then i'm like maybe i want to try the the multiplayer and i just get my ass kicked that's the problem that (laughs) that guy's level 42 orc of fucking awesoming and you're like no, what the no, fuck? exactly yeah, but th- yeah. and that's what i mean like you can have cosmetics and skins that somewhat make you want to buy stuff and i still don't think that's a problem because you don't need to to be able to compete right, right? but when there's a game that's like all right now we're going to sell you chests which give you orc followers we're going to sell you chests that give you better items for Italian and stuff like that so it actually affects your ability to compete online and that's what really pushes you to buy stuff and that's why i'm like you know zero fucking sense why does mordor have a market where i can buy a box of orcs can you actually <laughs> yeah, buy orcs? it doesn't make sense it, it and, and like, sense. what, what i said in my video stupid. what i said in my video the best bit arguably for shadow of mordor was when you're in the second map and you were able to slowly and methodically kill bodyguards, dominate them, and then kill the captains or generals or whatever, and build your army that way. That was the best fucking bit about Shadow of Mordor. But now I can bypass that by buying the orc outright. That that actually, I think, it's a weird dissonance where it's fundamentally, the microtransaction system that is, is actually affecting how enjoyable the game should be. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I agree it, with all that. I'm just nervous about like later on if some game is well, based see, that, around cosmetics. That, that, so yeah, that, that we're talking yeah. about highlights exactly what I've been saying. Where it's like that's why we see. We'll talk about Project One v One for a sec. That's why I can guarantee you that they're doing a first person shooter and a card game because then you got it, your of card packs. Yeah, yeah, you got your yeah. card packs. So it makes sense that they will sell you packs of cards like you did when you fucking grew up or their Steam the Gathering. Games. Yeah, yeah it, it's it, going to be so much money. It, I'm telling you, it makes sense and so people don't argue it in universe as much. It's not as baffling as Shadow of War, but they're like market yeah, you can buy orcs here. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just like, why? How did you did you go yeah. out and collect them for me and I'm just buying them now? Yeah. I mean, isn't the fundamental core of Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor, unless I'm missing something after after playing a lot of Shadow of Mordor, yeah, you build and just like Lone said, you build your army yourself. Where is the gameplay satisfaction in, in even providing the fucking option to buy your army? Like, no, I, I completely agree with I that. But but see, and this is the the weird thing because it's just popped into my head, right? It's weird because. When you have microtransactions in, in, in a single-player game, I agree that, we, at least with Shadow of the War's case, I think it, it could affect how enjoyable the game sh- you know, would otherwise have been without microtransactions. But then I think of a game like Borderlands where if you can buy golden keys and get really rare great guns from the golden chest, can you? and that allows you to, to you know, deal more damage and to actually have a better gun that helps you in the game... I still don't have a problem with that because it, there's no buy... competing Sorry factor. You... I don't know if you can. I don't, I don't know if you can, but I, gar- I, I, I would not be surprised if you could in Borderlands 3. See, I would not. I, see, that would upset me because I really, really like what they do with the Golden Keys in Borderlands 2. Because they give them out for free all the yeah, time. You sign up for a site, you engage on their social media platform. Yeah. It's a smart way to get you involved in them, and you get the keys to get more loot. It's, it's a really... But, 
this, smart no, way. But this is the question, right? This is the question. If Borderlands 3 said you can buy golden keys outright because it's not like affecting how well you compete against others, maybe when you duel someone, but they're still your friend, they're still playing the same game together with you, there's no PvP aspect, there's no similar aspect to Shadow of, Mordor, Shadow of War, sorry, where you're actually... There's a mode where you compete with each other. Well, oh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. See, I heard you say multiplayer twice, and I thought you were referring to another game. You're saying Shadow of War has a multiplayer mode? It's no, it's not multiplayer. It's 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 in the sense where you get your um uh, army, and then you can play this online mode where you can try and see like fight other people's armies that they've built as is part it, of a siege mode. Is it like um? The way I'm imagining it is like you know how in it's uh, like, an Assassin's you know, it's Creed in, game you can send out like your your yeah or injustice injustice you have your base and you can have them fight and you're not involved okay. that's Remember, that's yeah injustice yeah. too has that maybe have kind, you ever done maybe that part like, um, yeah yeah what what do you get if you from what I understand you get just as it like a smaller amount but you you get almost like an injustice you get the actual items that are in the game that you would normally get so, playing yeah, it. So you'll okay, get experience. So and... disrupt actual game balance. Okay. Could. It no, could. And, I mean... And that's, and that's what, I, what I meant about when this microtransaction system was first announced. We didn't know whether there exactly. was some sort of multiplayer mode. Then that mode was announced. It's called like Siege Combat or something like that, right? And mm-hmm. that's where the pay-to-win aspect comes into it, right? But then my question is like, well... Let's say if you had that with Borderlands 3, where you could buy uh, golden keys and get really, really good items or really good good guns, that's still single player. There's not really a competitive multiplayer aspect to it, so no one's really being unfairly treated. But would that affect the, the fun and enjoyment of Borderlands 3? I, I don't know, but it, it's, it's such a murky gray area that opinions can go either way. Hmm. Uh, every game I've ever got a code for randomly, like a cheat code, god code, um, I've lost interest in so quickly because I'm so overpowered. I would think with Borderlands, if I got like a oh, fucking dude. purple nuke gun after a very small amount of time, I'd probably just be like, hmm. No, but I, Borderlands I, is I different. This is the key with Borderlands, yeah. When you get a golden key, it's not like it gives you a level 50 gun when you're a level 3. Mm-hmm. It gives you a gun level that's commensurate with your le- like your actual well, then, character to, level. To me, that's... I I think you were crazy to buy them in the first place, yeah, but if, if it was ju- if it was you just doing buy. that, yeah. I, I would probably. Just, I, I'd personally give you know, grind just as place. much shit for for this as I would if Borderlands were to start selling uh, golden keys, just because in Borderlands it's like mm-hmm. one thing that's very annoying for gamers is when you have a product that is given for free, you have a working system in place, and you disrupt it to put a price yeah. tag on it. I, mm-hmm. I, w- I wouldn't be a fan of that. I understand how it makes sense because it's like, hey, you can buy keys and get the fucking best loot. Or not the best loot, but some of the best loot because, like Lone said, you, well, you have a chance to get for the your, best loot. Yeah, yeah, you'll get it for your level and it'll be a, it'll be a high um, rating purple. gun in the way. Yeah, it'll be purple or up, which is awesome. Right. But, you know, to pay for it, no. I think in a way no, that could and, disrupt yeah. some balance in Borderlands because you can breeze through the fucking levels that normally are, are can be pretty intense gunfights. Challenging or, yeah. yeah. And, but, and and this is the key, I think. If it was introduced, I think my opinion was, I completely agree with you, Maddie. It was so much fun going to Gearbox's Twitter and Facebook and waiting for them to tweet out a bunch of golden keys that well, were yeah, limited use or that were like, limited time. You know, it was so much like, fun. Yeah, there's keys out. It's like, all right, let's hop on now. You know, Dude, and, I, there oh. were times where I was at university and my friend would message me like, I'm not home. Fucking go home and re- claim these keys. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'll drive home. It was so much fun. And yeah. you're right. If, if you could just buy golden keys outright, it would just, I think it would lessen 
the not the rarity, but I guess the exclusiveness or like this, the just the pure enjoyment of getting a purple gun. Yeah. Because it feels like, all right, in a weird way, and it's so simple, really. You sign up, you make an account, you sign in on, on the game itself, and then from there you can redeem codes at the menu, and then you have the golden keys. But it's just rewarding in a real way. It's like, I want that extra mile. I'm involved in this community. I know everyone else is doing this. I'm sure Gearbox is looking at the, the numbers for that day, hit a spike, because people are going yeah. on getting that loot. I just think it's, it's really, um, I think it's a really cool system. I don't know why they disrupt it. And I know we're speaking hypothetically, now, we we but, are speaking hypothetically. But, uh, it's just I wouldn't be surprised if they put a price tag on it. I wouldn't be, and, th- and that's why I'm I'm just mentioning it because I think there's a chance that it could happen, and I'm wondering if it could, if it could happen in a way that pleases everyone, which is just mm. not possible. Well, but, that's the thing. It's right, like, right. It, and I don't mean to keep reiterating my video to those who have watched it on the channel already, but here's the thing: is yes, we have to blame the developers and publishers to some extent, but we do also have to consider that. All right, we don't want to see this in Shadow of War. Don't spend Bet a dime with on your it. wallets. Yeah, yeah, do not fucking support these actions because then when the next developer comes in and looks at the data for Shadow of War, if they see that their market, despite that shitty reception, made them a lot of money, then yeah. what's going to stop them from saying, "Well, they they but you know the you know what the, the problem with that is? We do the 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 problem with that is that they're making most of their money from microtransactions from like five percent of players, the whales. Mm. They have a term. They're called whales, right? And that's how mobile games make most of their money. You'll have 95% of players spend a, no or very limited amounts of money in a video game, and you'll have that very small 5% that spend tons of money, and that's where they make it, and that's the small market that they're trying to appeal to. Yeah, and not to be... I mean, I don't... I'm not... I don't want to be argumentative, but, um, like, uh, when you pay for a game your 60 bucks doesn't have a specialized note that says I bought it because I like this one particular thing. And when you don't buy a game, the developer has no fucking clue why you didn't buy it. And what it's called, there's a lot of different terms, but basically it's a void sale. They have no clue why you didn't. It could be that you don't like shooters, not that you don't like shooters with this particular mechanic. And so social campaigns, Twitter, those work much better. And when you talk to a developer, they'll tell you it's like social media matters and, you know, they can tell somebody's just being a troll. But if multiple people are like, hey, there is a distinct broken thing yeah. in this particular game, that will work far more. And I'm not saying you should go buy it. I'm saying don't think you're sending a message to the developer by not buying it. Because that is actually yeah. many people, many companies know how to work around that. And they'll be like, okay. Because they're not stupid. If they're like, okay, you're not going to buy it for this. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to set you up and make it not appear like there's an issue. And then suddenly... You've got GTA Online, which is so fucked up now that it is beyond fucked up. Like, GTA Online started in one way, and I don't believe they did not know what they were planning to, and where they were going to be today, oh, which they, is they plan grind that years, is impossible. Yeah. It is impossible to get the items that they that they give you without buying shark cards. I, I remember... Unacceptable. When I played GTA Online, it was several months after launch, I was just uh-huh. getting my ass kicked. My ass handed to me on a platter because I just didn't have the guns or anything gun, to compete. Right. So, yeah. and, and then I asked my friends, well, how'd you get that gun? Well, 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 I, well, some people said they played, but I believe that there's a way you can just buy shit outright. I and, guess what I'm saying is social and money. Do yeah, both. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, the, the best way, if you are against this practice, but you still want to play the game, the best way to actually send a message is not by boycotting the game entirely. It's by buying the game, but not engaging in those features. Because if yeah. they have 
all these players bought the game, but only 99, like 99% of players don't engage in the microtransactions. That's a strong message. Buy it used. Rent. Or buy it used. Yeah, or wait, yeah, wait several months. I mean, like, yeah. th- there, there are other ways. But Very yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing is it's so many gray areas, right? Like they, I, I, I do believe firmly that like GTA is an amazing game, but um, there's companies out there that that know they're like, okay, these things aren't going to be tasteful to gamers. So what we're going to do is pretend they're not there, and then later they they get in interjected and you bought the game already. I mean, they're not, they they know every plan we think works. <laughs> like they have a plan to work around, and yeah. it's like the best way is to socially put together yeah, a positive yeah, a positive noise. Not in their wallets, but... Do you know why, too? Because even negative videos, as long as you're constructed right, show a positive desire to play your title. Like, no, of why, course. why am I doing a GTA bitch video? Because I actually want to play GTA, but I, you know, this and this Agreed. are the issues. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Good talk there. And now we will wrap it up with a question from a viewer. His name is... Let me grab it real quick. Chris D Master 13 and he asked us to talk about ourselves and how we started YouTube. So, and just gen- general advice, just, you know. Just general advice, you know, how we got got the ball rolling here. So, I'm interested to hear from you guys first cuz you obviously have bigger channels than me, so go for it, Maddie. Let's hear the genesis of Maddie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a long story. <laughs> it it really is cuz it's a span of three channels. Um Yeah. Wait, what? Oh, see, I don't know this. Yeah, so, yeah, so all ahead. right. So yeah, I, I apologize in channel. advance to all the viewers because I'm about to talk for a decent amount of time. All right. So um, I started when I was 13. I am now 22. Um, I started on a channel. Um, it was called Beatles Boy. I don't remember the numbers afterwards. Uh, no longer exists. My friend and I made it in one night, and he got a new webcam on his Mac laptop, and we were like, let's make some videos. And I fell in love with it. He was like, all right, that was fun for a night. And I asked him the next day, I was like, let's do more. He was like, I don't really want to. It's you know, not that fun. I was like, well, I want to. So I kept with it. I asked my mom for a, and my dad for a, um, a camcorder. They got it for me. And, um, then I remember I was watching the angry video game nerd. Uh, I, you know, I found out there was like online content for video yeah. games I was like, oh, I love what he's doing. You know, I love reviewing game. I love the idea of reviewing games rather. And, uh, you know, he's really funny and I want to make people laugh, but still inform them. I was like, oh, I, I really want to try this. So I remember um, eighth grade, seventh grade, sorry. I, uh, I set up like, you know, I was home alone. And so I set up like a little table and then like stacked a bunch of books, put the uh, the camcorder on top of the books. Um, and, and what's funny is the camcorder had one of those... Um, Oh, wow, what the hell? One of those menus. Came Sorry, out. I was no, you're fine. You're fine. I was confused. Um, it had one of those side screens, but it didn't have a stand or anything, so it would just tip over. So I had to like slide books underneath it. Um, and so I did, I, I played Cruising USA, and it was so stupid because I, I, I loved the game, but I was like, I just want to do an angry review. So I went ahead and like, <laughs> you know, bitched up a storm about a game I, I really liked, uh, fake as shit, but you know, I, I, I still was really happy with it because I thought it was funny. You know, I was telling, mm. I was like, look at this car. It looks like it's straight out of Hot Wheels. And, and this is kind of sad. It, it actually upsets me. Um, I've never really been bullied growing up. Uh, very fortunate. Um, you know, I've always had a good set of friends who have always stood up for me and stuff. But um, I remember, you know, a couple of days later, I walked into uh, middle school and I, where was I going? I was going to my art class. Yeah. I remember walking in and um, the, yeah, 
typical, really popular kids um, were sitting there and they were just like quoting my video, like the whole fucking class. That's just, cool. Just straight fucking butchering me the whole time. No, no, not in like a, a supportive way. Like they were fucking, oh. they were making fun oh. of me. Yeah. And, and like laughing at me the whole time. And I'm just kind of sitting there like thinking, why did I put myself out there? Why did yeah. I do this? You know, this, like, is this humiliating? Like, you know, people were talking about it. I was just like, I, I felt awful. You know, I was, I just, I really hated it. And, um, I remember um, kind of just dropping out of the, the YouTube scene with myself talking and instead would just make videos of um, the game itself. So I do um, an EA Skate uh, Bales montage I did on a, a channel called Game X Review X. I don't remember what the fuck rest of it was called. Once again, random numbers. Um, but yeah, I, I did that and um, that video did decently well. Um like 20k views which i was like oh fuck awesome um but then after that i wanted to restart and like really make an actual channel because i never say dedicated to it It was like these are in the span of a couple years of owning this camera i've made two videos so then uh eighth grade um rolls around um this is where i kind of started to get a little bit of you know a stride of confidence i guess because this is the second time and only other time in my life I had actually been bullied. Like I, I remember I, I sat, I literally sat at the wrong lunch table. Um, and a, once again, typical popular kids. Um, this was during that time, the episode, and it's kind of funny looking back on it, but it was the time this uh, episode of, um, South Park aired about gingers and stuff. I had no idea what the, what the fuck <laughs> anyone was talking about, bro. And like, everyone's calling me a ginger. And I'm like, not hysterical, like crying, but I'm just like freaked out. I'm like, what the fuck? is going on like i was just really confused and you know just seeing once again everyone laughing at me i was like really upset and i kind of like shut in for a while like i remember like sitting in the laundry room in my basement just like really upset while my friends were over just because i was like i was humiliated um but like i said i'm really fortunate to have really supportive friends who you know got me through that stood up for me and i was fine after that and with that newfound confidence because of my friends um and because I was able to overcome it myself and, and stand up for myself, I um, I made my first actual YouTube channel, um, which was Glitcher 27, which now, for those who are wondering, now you know what G27 stands for on my Twitter handle. Um, mm. And I'll get more about the rest of that handle in a second. But um, yeah, Glitcher 27, I built it uh, with myself and those same friends. And we were like, it was dur- we were eighth grade, so 13 years old. It was during like the Call of Duty phase. And uh, we were like, let's just make Call of Duty glitching videos. So that's what we did. We made spots, tips, tricks, and all that stuff. And it was during a time where, like, having a high-definition camera pointed at the TV was considered good quality. And uh, talking <laughs> into literally this fucking pencil microphone. I'll never, I, used, I used it for so long. Such a shitty microphone. But, um, it, you know, my dad gave it to me, so I have really fond memories of it. I have it in my uh, memory box. And I, um, after that, we grew the channel to together to about 10,000 subs. And, and here's a, a bit of a victory story is, um, you know, I started like upgrading my stuff like H from dazzle capture card to HD PVR and, uh, doing like montages, working on my editing. Uh, this is when like gameplay commentary, which is so common nowadays, of course, every video has, you know, the vo- the voices behind it. Uh, but back then around that time, it was just a new thing. The, the modern warfare to, cod 4 kind of era of like gameplay commentaries where you could say like mw2 gameplay on rust 50 kill game and you'd get 
tons of views. Like people just cared about that. You know, it was so new that people just cared about your your loadout, what you were doing to succeed, all that shit. And there are videos like that, but there's so much more to it now. Um, but anyway, yeah. So like we grew the channel a lot through just making glitching videos and spot videos constantly. And I remember the the same. There were two kids in that same group of kids who, from seventh grade in my art class, were making fun of me for my initial video. And I remember them coming to me while I was at my computer class. Um, in fact, they were sitting next to me during it. And like I, I'd gotten over. It. Like I said, I kind of just powered through. I was like, whatever. That they're they're not shit. So I, um, I remember they, uh, like, right back. both stopped me. No problem. Um, they both stopped me and were like, okay, like how did you do it? I'm like, do what? And they're like, you know, I heard you make good montages and stuff. I was like, it's really, uh, I, sweet. yeah, I was like, yeah, like we've seen your stuff. It's really good now. Not now. I don't think they said now, but they were like, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and yeah. we like it. And I was just like, and they're like, would you want to edit ours? And I'm like, kind of, it was nowadays. I'm not that spiteful. I wouldn't do something like this, but then I was kind of like, I was feeling myself. I was just like, I'm all right. Sorry. You know, yeah. cause in my head I was like, fuck you guys. Nowadays, I, I I don't think I would openly be like, yeah, let me do it for you. But I'd be like, look, you know, I, I, I'd love to, but I don't really have time to. Um, I'd still politely decline, but I was more of a, a dick about it back then. Um, just because it, it kind of felt good to, to see my work reward me in a, a more personal way rather than, you know, f- for example, receiving your first ever AdSense check. So uh, then the closure of that channel happened around the time of, um, for some reason, I thought it was a good idea when Derek Jeter got his, I think, 2,000th hit. I'm not even a fucking Yankee fan. And I recorded it, and I posted it. And then the Yes Network, like, flagged my channel down. <laughs> and I'll, I, I, I got a copyright strike. And I, I then Google's like, we can't send you AdSense checks. So I'm like, well, fuck, I, I, I want to earn money off of this, too. I want this to be my job. I love it. So I was like, I'll make a new channel. That's where G27 status comes from. I don't know what the fuck mm. status stands for, but that's now for those wondering where what my Twitter handle means. It's Glitcher27 and status. I People are always like, well, for branding, Maddie, branding, why don't you change it? I don't give a fuck about branding. That That's a, a core part of what got me to where I am today. So I keep it as G27 status. Um, mm. and, and so that channel only got to about 1,000 subs. Uh, still in that Call of Duty phase. Competitive, though. Uh, I've talked about that briefly on the channel. There's not much to go on there. Uh, just... Yeah, just played Call of Duty competitively uh, from Black Ops, from Modern Warfare 2 to Black Ops 1, I want to say. And I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I was pretty good. You know, we had some good teams and stuff. Never earned money from that. Uh, from or, Well, earned some money from some tournaments, but not from the actual channel itself. And then mm. I finally woke up. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm kind of tired of playing Call of Duty so much. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make another new channel and i remember making a video and people were like why the fuck would you you know delete all this stuff and i deleted all the videos for some reason it would be cool to go back and see what content i had made back then and what i think about it now yeah, i'm looking at it now yeah, yeah yep, just completely gone um but uh yeah after that i was like i, I made the announcement video saying all right I'm, I'm moving on to the last channel in fact actually you can find g27 status on youtube and you can find my announcement video to come sub to the channel that you're watching yeah, this yeah. video on right now and um, can I like it now so people go, say it? I, I, go for it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't care. But um, yeah, and and so I um, after that I moved on. I remember restarting, and uh, this was kind of like my last straw. I was like, okay, if I if I don't get it here, I I'm I'm gonna just continue playing video games as a hobby and and just move on to something else. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't really have a plan because I was young. I was, and uh, so. 
I remember I wasn't like I recorded a full Fear Three Let's Play with Noah, a uh, former host on the show, and we we uploaded it on the whole channel so you guys can go look that up if you're really curious to see a really shitty Let's Play. It's it's funny, but it, you know it's so bad. Uh, you can see me with braces and really poofy hair. So yeah, if you want to see me at my my fucking roughest, then by all means. Um, but uh, I remember around a couple months into the channel's life, it was like October. Um, I think it was actually not even a couple months. I really think it was a month and it just, things weren't growing. It wasn't like how my other two channels where I got lucky and, you know, got some traction. I, um, I remember I was just like, I, I, I remember texting, no, I was like, I think I'm going to kind of just can it, you know? He's like, yeah, that might be the right choice. You know, it's, it's not really working out and all that stuff. I was like, yeah, you're right. And then Skyrim came out and I, and, and that did really well on my channel and I fucking loved Skyrim. I still love Skyrim, although it's milk to death now. I, I'm not gonna let that plague my view of the initial title and how special that game was to me and how it initially grew my channel. And uh from there, you know, it's it's kinda history. I, I slow crawl to thirty K with like pre Fallout four stuff, then Fallout Four was slowly gaining traction and that led me to about a hundred K around the announcement week of yeah. the game and then I think most of my viewers have been around since then where yeah I've just I carried on with Fallout 4 burned myself out on it fucked up a couple of times learned from my mistakes I wouldn't even say fucked up but I I just I I, I ran myself into the ground with Fallout 4 because I just wouldn't let it go then I finally let it go and, and kind of saw like a new light where I was like oh shit like I'm really yeah. I'm realizing my true potential now and, and what I can really do with myself and my channel and my content so like I said, that was a long fucking story. I apologize, but uh, that's that's my whole story on YouTube. Advice for starting YouTubers is uh, if you couldn't, if you're gonna take away one thing from my my story, it's uh, do it for you, you know, and uh, always make sure that your heart's in it. Mm. You know, that's one. That's why for me, sometimes I'd get particularly bothered if someone would call me clickbait or someone said I'm doing this for the money. Because if anything, my story shows that I've never fucking done that for one bit. Like, yeah. I wanted the money because I wanted it to be my job because I loved it so much. But, you know, like Lone says, yeah. can't live off smiles. So other than that, though, that's it would really be lovely all I have to if offer. We could. Yeah, it would be lovely. Yeah. I'd like to hear one of your stories, though. My, my jaw is tired. Go for it, Lone. Eric? Are you sure? Mm-hmm. All righty. Because um, I don't know anything about Lone, and you can't say a lot, right? It's going to be no, a I weird story. It's going to be a weird wanna... story. Yeah, I'll, go okay, for well, it. I'll say this. I started, so I've only, I've only had one channel. Um, I've... I started the channel, I, I think I was in like my second last year of university and I was studying law at the time and also finance and it was something that, that I just like to do on the side. It's something that I've always wanted to do. Similar to Maddie, I wanted to start a channel with my friend and I was like, yeah, we should do videos together, blah, 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 and he was just never into it. So I was like, all right, I'll do it myself and that's how that started. I'm trying to, I think the, the first videos that I did were purely Fallout. Like for so many years, I was purely Fallout. Uh, I think the fir very first video I did was about, you know, I think it was at the time where 4 4 was being rumored. So I was like, all right, w would it be cool to, to have a co-op in Fallout 4? That was my first video. It, but anyways. Really? Um, That's funny. Yeah, it was insane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it just went from there. And pretty much predominantly at the start, it was just a Fallout, 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 Fallout. Um, and that's where I, I, you know, had most of my growth. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember the specific story. I think we just tweeted each other, Maddie, but that's how Maddie and I started. Like, you know, we met and then we collabed and yeah, started a podcast I, I, I and stuff. I messaged you, yeah. Yeah. I, I think you just messaged me. Um, because pretty much at the time it was, 
it was us two and maybe a few others that were just doing four i four news and four i updates. Yeah. yeah, because there was a lot of um just rumor and and hoaxes at the time, so we were covering that shit pretty much daily. Yeah, I, I was I was actually working in a, in a government department at the time. And I was being naughty, and like when I'm at work, meant to be working, I'm like looking at forums and seeing what people are saying <laughs> about the Survivor 2299 and yeah. and all that shit. Um, and then we actually started getting some concrete info about the game, and then that's when I, you know, really started to grow. And also thanks in part to to, to Maddie as well because he kept me shouting me out. <laughs> no, you kept shouting me out, and then I just grew. Um, and yeah, like I, I think the from that point on the rest is pretty much history in terms of the the channel i got to a point where um it was after fallout 4 you know videos was doing doing very well and then i reached that point where people started losing interest in the game and my fallout 4 video started to go downhill i'm like fuck what am i going to do um and then i i tried to experiment mix up with different videos i was tied to this notion that i need to get 10 percent of my subs to watch my videos otherwise they're always doing shit um, and every time I tried to do a, a different game in terms of a video, it would like just not meet my expectations. So I, I tried to stick for Fallout as long as I can. It didn't work. Tried to mix it up to other stuff. I still had this unrealistic expectations as to what the number of views that I should get because it was so high during the peak of Fallout 4, and then it just went so fucking low. Oh, right. Um, yeah, and yeah. then I was like, you know what? I, I'm just I'm sick of this. I'm sick of the videos that I'm doing. And for a while, for, for three months... You know, I all I did was Let's Plays. I remember I got to that stage where I was like, my channel's dying, fuck it, I don't care. I'm just doing <laughs> Let's Plays because that's all I want to do. And I, and I stuck to it for like a three solid months. I didn't yeah. do one gaming news which video. Is, which I don't mean to interrupt your story, but I got to chime in and just say that's harder than it sounds because, oh, you know, man. sticking to just a Let's Play schedule, that's... I, it was I crazy. to do one Let's Play consistently. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I was doing like three uh, episodes, like three different uh, Let's Play series a week. Um, mm-hmm. But then I got to the stage where I was like, well, this is just not sustainable. Like no one's watching my shit pretty much. And then I started to do news again. Then I completely let go of Let's Plays. And then now if you, if you look at my channel, my most successful videos are Borderlands videos and yep. Fallout is second. Um, so in terms of me turning my channel around and covering a bunch of different stuff i think i've done pretty good at that but it also required me to let go of that notion that each video needs to get five thousand views for yep. it to be sex- successful because that's just bullshit that's, um yeah you know and, and like i'll have like typically if i do a video that's not fallout or borderlands it'll hit hit a thousand views at least and i'm like that's cool you know a thousand is a nice little number um so now I'm pretty much at the stage where I am now where I just do news discussions and speculations. The one piece of advice, because it, it's happened to me twice now in terms of growing a YouTube channel, it would be like I always say that there are things that, that are just a must. Like you need to have high-quality videos, interesting thumbnails, good titles, good SEO, all that stuff. Like you need to do that. Otherwise, you're going to have a low ch- chance to succeed. But there's also something extra that you need to do as well. And that would, you know... Uh, depending upon what YouTuber you are, that opinion might differ between YouTuber and YouTuber. But for me, it's trying to tap into a market where you know not, not anyone's really making those kinds of videos, mm-hmm. and, but people would watch them and people really want to watch them. So at the time with Flight 4, it was Maddie and I making Flight 4 news videos because there, like there was nothing. There was nothing us. on the internet. Yeah? Like, it was pretty much us for a while and there and, were a few others. But, and what's funny, you know, what's really funny is Borderlands 3 is like shaping up to be the same shit. It's, it's much, the, no, and that's, like, that's what, what I was saying. 
What do you mean? Like, yeah, you know, Borderlands Three uh, for me right now. That's probably the most consistently oh I best see. performing. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. If Bethesda does something pretty big, that's usually the most popular video on my channel. But um, and I don't say that. I don't say that like I take it for granted. Just usually that's how it ends up. But like Borderlands has is. You know, Mass Effect and Bioware have have really stuck to my channel because I think people know I'm really yeah, passionate yeah. about Bioware. But like, yeah, Borderlands Three, it, it's crazy to watch because what's happening is it's a slow crawl. Like, loan the the dual com we did for uh, that, that we intentionally yeah. left Carrick out of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we uh, he's got straight oh. face. <laughs> no, I was I was sitting there going, what? Oh yeah, Ooh, <laughs> bitch. You you like, made hey, me I, like, sit in your podcast up. and talk about it, and then you guys got to go think about it. What a fuck. <laughs> But um, what I was saying was like you know that initial video nine k views and it's crawling its way up to thirty now you know and and it's yeah, yeah. these you can see the growing interest in it uh, on both our ends so but this know, is what I mean I mean like Fallout Four our our initial growth of Fallout Four was making videos that people really wanted to watch but no one was doing and that's why we grew absolutely and again the exact same thing is happening with Borderlands Three there's not that many channels out there aside from you myself. Killer Six. Uh, Vinley, uh, there's, Puma, there's someone else. I'm sorry that, if I mispronounce his name, but um, no, I, yeah, I, I yeah, Puma, uh, whatever his his YouTube channel is. Um, many, uh, it was like Morning After Kill or something. So there's like a handful of us Mars, that do Borderlands Three videos and news updates. But because people really want that shit, and only a handful of us are doing it, we're all growing as a result. Like my Borderlands Three video yesterday got eight thousand views already. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Yeah. That's insane shit for a channel my size. But that's the one advice that I would give. Try to find a video idea. has to be creative, you know, original stuff and, and stuff like that. But that people are really wanting to watch right now, but no one's catering to and that it's market. also... I'm sorry. I don't mean to steal your thunder here. Sorry. I, I feel bad. Just I, I also want to just pitch in and just say, like, it's got to be a series you fucking like a lot or you care about. Absolutely. That's the thing is people always say, like, put your heart into it. But, whoa, they make money out of it. It's like... I got to that point because I loved Fallout so much because I loved Bioware so much because I loved yeah. uh, Borderlands so much. It's not because I just saw hmm, numbers. Okay, cool. All right, let's do this. You know, no, it's like I fucking played the shit out of all these franchises. Bioshock as well. It's you know, yeah. I talk about the shit I like because that makes work exciting, right? It it, it removes the word work from actual work. You know? Definitely. So yeah. So that that's my advice. Do something that people aren't doing. But people really want to watch because mm. that's on two occasions. That's where I've seen the most grow. Yep. And Carrick. Mine, mine is nowhere near as exciting. As <laughs> you're, you're being um, humble. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, it's like I didn't. I don't have. I also because I'm older. Like uh, there were no fucking video game channels when I was in high school or whatever to be to be bullied over. Um, mm. I just created a channel randomly because I remember friends kept saying, like, what game, is, is this game good, whatever. And so I was like, oh, okay. It seems like enough people are, like, emailing me or friends of friends who are like, hey, I hear you know about this game or that game. And so I made a channel and I had 215 subscribers and the fucker got copyrighted by somebody. Got a strike, just like Maddie. Yeah, I was say, and we so went down. <laughs> I, I was, at that time, I was working. And I was getting, you know, I was flying, I was basically traveling around the world setting up call centers for software companies, game testing, you know, there was, there was some stuff in the game industry as well. And I was, uh, I was like, man, 200, this is fucking horrible. Like I was devastated that those 200 people who I think almost all 200 are still either patrons or subscribers. And yeah, one of them was like, do you realize I'm number one? 
And I was like, what? And I went and looked and he's fucking, it took me forever to scroll through yeah. YouTube's tool. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. and so, um, I was devastated, man. And I was like, you know, I wasn't trying to make money from it. So to me, it was even worse because I was like, well, they say I can't make money, but if I do better, then I'll still not be able to make money for six months. Should we destroy the channel and start a new? And then I was like, yeah, I'm start. I'll just start a new channel. This is going to suck. I did what Maddie did where it's like, Hey, I'm switching. Can you guys, can you 200 people come to me? Like I was, man, it fucking sucked. It was, it was depressing. Cause I was like, man, I really worked hard on that. And, and yeah. the, through all my life, physically I've been able, if there's been an issue like to handle myself. So there's a weirdness when you can't do anything and, mm. and it's fucking horrid. Cause I want to like, I'm like, no, I'll punch you in the face. And instead it's like, no, they just copyrighted something. And that is, it's, it's hor it's a horrible feeling. And so I almost didn't do it. And I, I built the new channel and then sort of sat back. And then luckily I say this now, well, I said it the day it happened, but I had been wanting to leave my job for about two years. Um, it was just becoming way too political. And I'm not, I, as you guys can tell, I'm not, I don't have a political bone in my body and I was hired for that, but then it became political. The business did, and it was, it wasn't working out and they laid me off and I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm just going to be known for my works. And so what I did was I just started reviewing. I didn't care about any numbers like views because it was all I had. I was, it was either that or go back. In. I had unemployment because I live in Oregon. So you get like, what was it? Eight weeks or something. So I had eight weeks to do reviews and see what would happen. And, um, I had paid for my wife to go through college. So she was like, I'll pay for you now to try YouTube. And that's pretty much what happened is I just, um, I've always believed just be known for your works. So like the drama stuff I don't get involved in. I'm just like, I'll just continually do reviews. Somebody can bitch about this review, but then tomorrow I'll do another review. And that's worked for me. And then Maddie and I started talking about KOTOR. Uh, so mm. Maddie's been sort of the, the person who keeps, you know, who's always reaching out to people. And, um, and then the channel just. Friends are good people if you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the channel just sort of. I don't know how, I don't know. I, I, I think I remember somebody on an old forum I was on who was like, dude, your channel's like growing pretty fast. And I was like, oh yeah, it's 40 or 50 a day subscribers. And I was pretty happy. I was pretty ecstatic. And then I remember one day going, man, if I get a hundred subscribers a day and then the next day I did destiny of all things. And, um, it was like 6,000 subscribers in a day. And I was like, oh, holy insane. shit. And, and one of the, one of the developers oh said, one of the developers, he's like, dude, you're, we're going to flag your channel. And I was oh. like, a copyright strike? And he's all, no, but you, something I said, or did, I don't even remember what it was, but he's like, YouTube contacted me and they said, here's what they said about my Destiny video. They said, you are too small of a channel to be this successful. You have to have been doing something illegal, uh, like buying views or something. Uh. And so the developer said, we just got this alert. We don't think you are, but there's nothing we can do about it. We actually can't like the system is set for us to fight you, but we can't fight for you. There's nothing we can do. So, um, the, luckily YouTube didn't copyright where the, you lose the six months of monetization. They just did the thing where they're like something suspicious about this video, but I got to keep the subscribers. And so I was like, well, that's weird. But the guy from destiny, one of the main guys is still there. He was like, I just want you to know that like the pe everybody in our development team, there's like, a hundred people watched your video all at once and were like, this is the best review. That's like, crazy. And I was all, okay, well then that means people in the business, some of them I've known or whatever, just trust what I'm saying. And that's pretty much when I was like, okay, I can probably um, make a, a small amount of money from doing it. 
Mm-hmm. And um, that's been pretty much the way it's gone. I've got demonetized far more than Mod- Maddie, uh, but I'm sure he's been demonetized a, a couple times. I got demonetized this morning. Just happened so to me recently I, with Wolfenstein. Yeah. Too. So yeah, um, that, that's that been the, the difficulty for my channel. And the thing I would tell people, I, I just don't really have much of a story other than I just, well, first of all, I play less games than I did before reviewing, which blows people away. They're like, you review a ton of stuff. I'm all, there's fucking like, 900 hours in a week to me technically Mm. and the game is two hours so a review takes just a little bit of time i play far less games now than when i worked um i get to spend more time in games talking to you guys and stuff yeah exactly and that's the thing i would tell everybody well there's a couple number one don't ever fucking post on somebody's youtube channel and say hey check out my channel because i'm gonna tell you what not only will you most likely get banned from that channel but if you were to talk with that YouTuber, there's a good chance that some interaction would happen and you would see subscribers. Uh, that's the first thing. The second thing, and I, I do mean this, just be known for your works. It, it, just do the shit. Put, put your head down and do work and don't get mired in, in what everybody else is getting mired in because it can really fucking slow you down. Maddie and I have talked about this off yep. the side where he's like, this, this commenter bothered me or I'm like, well, this fucking per- YouTuber said something. And then all of a sudden... You're just like, well, wait the fuck. I mean, it's transitory. It doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Like, cancer didn't kill me. A fucking commenter can't kill me. So yeah. move on and make your shit. He and I guarantee. Yeah, and I guarantee you'll find a, because what Alone was saying was like, find a, a niche, you know, something that maybe other people aren't doing. That is true. But also, I'm doing reviews, which is probably the main yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. I think there's also the fact that no matter how cumbersome you are or how fucking hard you are uh, or how difficult you are to even understand, somebody's going to like your channel and your mm. subscribe. I've seen some videos where I'm like, somebody thumbs this up. Like, well, why? Yeah. But they've got 2,000 subscribers. And so I, I just tell people, just keep trying as hard as possible and keep studying. But don't fucking do the stuff that any... If you see a YouTuber says top 10 things to do, most likely that person's talking out their ass. 10% of your subscribers watching your videos, what Lone said, is the biggest fallacy that everybody's told. Like mm-hmm. 10% of your fucking... I was told that. Yeah. And I remember for a while believing it utterly and going, oh, if 10% aren't watching it. And then I was like, wait the a minute. video's a failure. Yeah. It makes no fucking sense. Like, uh, I agree. It, it makes no sense. And so I, I would just say a lot of the advice you get, make sure it fits your stuff. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean... Because there's a fucking there's a group out there who likes everything. <laughs> I mean, not to be yeah. rude. Come on, guys. Like we, I've got some friends who do channels, and I'm like, your stuff does really well for the craziest shit I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So I think it's and it's good to have a good attitude, man. Skilled, Maddie, Lone, um, Bad Seed Tech, Joker, all of the guys that I've like teamed up with. That has been far more successful than any drama. So don't get involved in that. Instead, talk to people and get in groups. Collab mode is exactly like what I'm talking about. Like get out of the negativity and be like, hey, let's fucking... I, you're not stealing a view from me. Maddie cannot steal a view from me. Fuck off. Because yep. if he does, it's not a view I want. <laughs> it, it's not. It's not. A, and Maddie shouldn't say... If somebody comes to him and is like, I'm just watching Carrick, Maddie should say, good for you. That's, yeah. If that's your type of attitude. 
Um, so do like collab mode and get as many people involved as possible. It will yeah, collaborate with a bunch of people. It's, it's yeah. such a great way to grow. Really? Yeah. Well, and it'll be interested and we've, positive. We've talked about yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Positive is really important, especially because YouTube can be really isolating. Um, but, yeah. you know, we were talking about this a while ago, Carrick. I don't remember which episode it was, but um, we were saying how it's interesting on YouTube that it's not competition. It's collaboration that grows. You know, you don't want to do yeah. better yep. than you want to work with the person who you just come up at the same level then, you know, yeah. it's, it's wonderful. So yeah. I saw an incredibly creepy thing for chick for Maddie and my channel. Incredibly creepy. I got, I swear to shit, my numbers for subscribers got so close to his and then slowed down. It was the weirdest thing where it was like, <laughs> he was at 280 and he's like, dude, you're going to get to 300 before me. And I'm like, no, I won't. And we got to 300 within like four days of each other. But Oh, it was yeah. right when I started talking to Maddie yeah. where people were like, oh, I'll subscribe to care. It was I cannot tell you where I would be if like I hadn't collabed with all the people. And I don't mean collab in the we have to do a video together, yeah. but I mean, understanding what it's like and going like, OK, I'm going to help. You know, Maddie's having a hard time. Let's talk to him, because guess what? If you help a, a YouTuber or if they help you, it may make you make a video one day prior to what you were going to do because you were burned out. And that's happened to me where I'm like, fuck. But if somebody talks to me like, it's okay, man, continue on. And then you're like, okay, I'll do it tonight. That's one more day. It's it's a little bit faster day to getting out there. And it's a video being made a little bit quicker. And it fucking matters. That shit stacks up so fast. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, collaboration is huge, man, yeah, uh, in all ways, even absolutely. behind the scenes. And not just for the numbers, folks. For No, that's why I said, know, even behind the scenes. Stuff gotta, that, gotta like the person. Fucking using like all we, you Like we use. highlighted in the beginning, oh. gotta like the fucking people you're with. I did have one or two people that'll do the thing where they're like, hey, I love your stuff. And you sort of start talking to them. You're like, mm, I think the, it's like more. Every email, hey, Maddie, we are big fans of your content and think this promotion would fit you well. I'm like, dude, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> listen to this. I'm, I could read you an email that basically says, <laughs> we watch all your content. We'd like to That's sponsor you. And I'm like, in the did first seven seconds, I yeah. say I don't do any sponsor. What the fuck? You yeah, don't like me. And, content. Or you watch and you can see that there's a space where your name should be because it's yeah. auto text filled yeah. in. And you're like, you bitch. Yeah. You know, or, or, like or the text together. is, I'm sorry. It's like, hi. And then in fucking like Virginia, <laughs> eight, eight <laughs> yeah. size font, Maddie. And then the rest is like fucking Times New Roman 12. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was really fucking hands up. The guy just decided shit. to shrink it down. It's like, give me a fucking break. Yeah, it's terrible stuff, man. I mean, it's it's really really odd, but yeah, be positive, work together. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's it. All right, that'll that was excellent. That was a great that fucking episode. So, thank you guys for uh, for joining us this far. Oh, welcome. The hashtag will be mm, something about positivity. Mm. I don't know. Hashtag collaborate. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that works. That's a good one. Hashtag there collaborate. You if you got to this point in the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this deep Carrick, Once again, thank you for that awesome, awesome oh, yeah. piece of art. That yeah, was a sure. good surprise. That was fucking yeah. That'll be so awesome. Dope. I, I should have hung it up while we were doing the pie. I didn't even think about it. That, that was really cool, man. Yeah. Like, thank you. You guys will like it when you see it, man. It's oh, like up oh, close. When I talk to him, I'm like, "Can you do really high resolution?" He's like, "I'll do like 1200 DPI." And I'm like, "Whoa, that's way higher so... than I thought." And then he sent it to me, and it's like 55 uh, me uh, megabytes. I'm like, "That's a." pretty big fucking file <laughs> and i zoomed in and i'm like oh shit this is awesome yeah, like he did some cool. a really good i'll make sure to put um i'll give maddie the, yeah, uh, give the me link a, for that guy go for it 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Sweet. But, uh, all right. That'll wrap up episode 120. A real special one, I got to say. So any final closing words? No, thank you yeah. for everyone. Yeah, enjoy your weekends. All right, cool. Take care, guys. Peace out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.